All right, and welcome back to the X Factor Open Podcast, Jade Corkle. Um, man, I'm very excited to have you here today, uh, dude. You, you're one of the most interesting healers to me. I, I just because I've grew up around you in Nevada, got to watch you heal a lot in high school, and then kind of progress and just where you went with your career, man. It's pretty cool. So thank you for being here today. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. So to dive right into this. Uh, Last year, we I kind of read an article or uh, what you kind of would like some advice that you would give to like the smarty young pro kids. You you do a lot with smarty last year, and um, you you talked to him about the secret to success. And uh, what you talked about is put the work in when other people aren't, when you're sore, when you don't want to. I mean, you talked about having an idea like in a dream or something roping the dummy and then getting up at three in the morning and go roping the dummy is that like what does this really mean to you like this the secret to success oh man it's, it's crazy to think about it like i mean now now that i have enough time under my belt to kind of look back and um and think about some of the stuff that i've done or whatever it's it doesn't seem like work to me you know like it wasn't ever like i woke up in the morning and was like okay it's you know, like we're in the army, like, okay, I, I have to do this, got to go work. Like, I don't ever really remember a time where like roping wasn't just the only thing I thought about and wanted to do it. Like it was, it was fun, you know, I mean, it still is fun, but, uh, the only, like when it started getting to that point is when I had other people telling me like, man, you've this, like, what are you doing? Like, this is, it's crazy to do it like this, or I've never seen anybody even do this or say this or, or think like that or whatever. And at the time it didn't really you know even register to me and then now looking back at i don't know if it was crazy or not but i've just always kind of been wired that way like you know everybody like if if i come over here and rope with you we're both roping so you know we rope however many stairs we rope well when i go home i rope again or i keep roping and say you leave somebody's house and that's all they rope like they're done for the day well there's your chance to you can, that's the only way you get ahead, I think. Or if, or if you have a chance to get ahead, I've, I've always thought that, you know, I think you can only do a certain amount for quantity or for quality, you know, to focus that long and, uh, you know, to really concentrate on what you need to do. But the only way that you can see every situation is by quantity, you know? So I've always thought, man, if I, if I rope enough steers, cause I don't, my, one of my fears has always been showing up somewhere at a rodeo roping, having something happen that I've never seen before don't know how to react to it. So, you know, so if that happens high call at the George Strait or 10th round at the NFR, and it's the first time you've seen it, probably not going to go good. And that's not the time for it, you know? So that's kind of a thing that might seem a little crazy to me is like, cause I've had stuff like that happen, like within the last year where that's the first time it's happened, but it's like, well, it was worth trying to figure that out before this point, you know, it might've taken 30 years, never seen it before, but I saw it today and I seen it once practicing. So at least I had a little bit of a head start. So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, just being able to prepare there. I mean, there's so many things in this, but being able to prepare and have a game plan, because one thing about rodeo, like 10th round of the NFR, that steers are on what three times prior to that, two or three yeah, times. Yeah. The fourth runs that day. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. You get the fourth run. So, you know, the steer that you got, and if he does something weird, like stop, drag, whatever, and it's for the world title, they're not pulling that steer out right. with the draw. And you've got to be able to Yeah, this is your chance right you gotta do it right now. This so. is this is the hand you got, you gotta play it. Yeah, so I don't it's that's what always has been kind of in my mind is like when that happens, 
I don't have time to think of something right now. Like I got to know at least a little bit about it. So, uh, that's just kind of how I, and it's always been, you know, I don't know if it's more for that or more just to keep me motivated, but, um, yeah, I think it works both ways. You know I mean? It's good for, for both thought processes and, um, man, there's so many guys that rope good nowadays that I think the second that you let up, you know, somebody, cause I, I, I see now and just that, like from there's kids that are getting old enough now that were little kids when I was, you know, starting rodeoing and, you know, they would ask me stuff and, you know, Hey, what are you doing this for? What are you doing that for? Well, now it's like, I see him roping and I, I see him doing that stuff. And it's like, man, I'm having trouble beating this guy. And like, if this is my stuff he's using or whatever. And so just, I mean, it's fun too at the same time, but it makes me realize, Hey, you gotta, like, I can't back off or level off and think, man, I'm, I'm good to go. I got it now and all's good, but it's not good. You know, that's when, that's when you, it's going to go bad for you. So, um, there, the, we know people will ask me for help all the time and sometimes they think I'm not wanting to help them or, you know, I don't want to tell them my secret or the secret Well, the secrets have been out for a long time. It's just, it's what you want to do with it. You, you have to figure it out. That's the secret. Right. You know, I can tell you whatever, but when you get out there and then you nod, it's on you. Like I can't be in your mind. I can't be in your head. So I can guide you along and, and maybe prevent something that's, you know, if you're on the wrong track going a certain way, but it's on you when you get out there. So you got to trial and error it until it becomes natural for you. So that's the only way, that's the secret to me. Right. Cause there's ways, there's better practice than others. And there's ways to work on things and, and get better that, but at the end of the day, being prepared uh, for all the situations and getting the most out of each each session is is so important. Yeah. But also, this this is kind of what I I heard right off is you know you you go to whatever you come to my house with rope then you go to someone else's and, and that's what you do all day long. I look at that like someone that goes to the gym a lot or someone that shoots a lot or uh, like shots in basketball or whatever it is. They're building this habit. It's not like if someone says okay I'm gonna run 150 steers a day and they put a number on it. I think that they're really setting themselves up to fail. Yeah. If you're like, hey, I'm just gonna rope and I'm gonna do it and you just continue to build on it, it just, does it add more and more to that, kind of that habit, like it becomes. I think so, yeah. Is it, I'll, uh, it's kind of funny like you say that because I'll, I'll come up with stuff or, or I'll get on, you know, some kick about something for a while and it seems like every time I do that, stuff that I had no idea that was going to happen. It's like, I'll notice it's, it's almost like a test. Like, are you, is this really what you are going to do? You know, you said you're going to do this. So is this, here's your chance to prove it or whatever. And it's weird how many times it happens. Like every, every time I do something, how many times that situation will give me a chance. Like, okay, here you go. You said it. Let's, let's see if you're actually going to do it. But I think you're exactly right. Cause I think it's the same way. Like when you listen to guys talk about rodeo and they say like, Oh, we're going to rodeo this winter and see how we do. And then if we do good, we'll go in the spring. Or if we have this one by Reno, we're going to go in the summer. Well, it's like you said, now you, you've already put a, you put an end of the road for yourself. That's not the end of the road. You know what I mean? So if you, the closer you get to Reno and don't have your 20,000 or whatever people say they want to have, you start pressing, trying to get to it, get to it. Well, now that's when stuff goes bad. So your chances of getting to it aren't as good. Whereas if you just rope, like I'm on a lifetime track, I feel like from, from today, every day that I wake up till the day that I can't do it anymore. I'm trying to rope as much as I can and catch as many stairs in a row as I can. Just never, uh, you know, the ending day is the actual ending day for me. So until that point, like, I'm just going to go till I can't, you know, and I think that's the, 
I don't know if that's the best way to do it. It is the best way to do it if, if you're wanting to do what I'm wanting to do. But I don't know if it's, you know, a good, I don't know if it's healthy, but. Well, it's <clears throat> the best way to be successful. Right. Uh, because essentially there's no other option. Like you, you're, you have to figure it out at this point. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter if, if you're struggling with your healing and you don't feel like you can win. There's no other options that you have, right? You yeah. have to just practice and grind through it. And if you're winning, you still practice and grind through it. Yeah. And I, and I think another thing too, and I don't, and I've always been this way, but I'm not a, I'm not an excuse guy. Like I, I want the truth and I, I know I want to know the truth because that's the only way you can improve or get better. And it seems like there's, you know, there's times where like guys will, you know, like, Hey, what, what does this look like? Well, I think deep down they already know, you know what I mean? And if they're wanting to hear what you well, they want to know what you're going to say and that they're wanting it to be what they want to hear, you know? So, but at the end of the day, you lay down at night to go to bed, you, you still know that's not it. So it doesn't help you, you know? And so that's where I think like, you got to be real with yourself. You can't, you can't think, Oh, well, it, it, that wasn't my fault or that's not my problem. You gotta, you gotta figure it out yourself. Like you said, and I think deep down, we all know like, man, this horse might not be like, I think he's pretty good, but I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can get by him at the jackpot. Well, you already know you might not be able to, right. you know what I mean? So that's where I've tried to get better at, you know, and, I, and I'm as guilty of as anybody ever. I've made every mistake you can make, but that's, what's made me be able to figure it out. That is a mistake too, you know? And so I tried to get to where now, if I ever have that thought in my head at all, like, like, man, this horse is pretty good. Or like, this feels like I'm doing better doing it this way, but I don't know. Well, that's where I stop right there until I either get it worked out at home before I try it somewhere or ride that horse somewhere. You know, I, I try to not, if I have like, I, I tell everybody all the time, like they'll say, Oh, I, I like, I love this horse to death. Well, this is my favorite horse. Well, I tell everyone this come December 3rd, you'll find out which everybody's favorite horse is. Yeah. That, that night will tell the truth of who or which favorite horse is this guy's favorite horse. You know what I mean? So they can say whatever they want, but just pay attention December 3rd and you'll, you'll find out the truth. You know what I mean? So I try to just be that way all the time at the Tuesday jackpot. When I get, go to catch my horse and I want to try a young one, it's like, eh, I, I need to win too. So I'm going right. to wait a while. I'm going to ride this one, you know? So I, I have this theory that I've been working on, like how a few of mine have gotten better is I put them into a roping when I'm out of the roping, like I've got a barrier leg, whatever. Yeah. And I rope normal on that horse. I don't act like I'm trying to rope back into it. The ropings are tough enough now. You're usually pretty done at that point. And if they work good and I kind of build the trust that way, then that's when I, I give them more and more chances. Yeah. How do you work your horses into that? Like that trust point between practice, you know, how many times do they got to do it in the practice pen to what, what do you got to see in competition before you're like, okay, I can, I'm going to be riding this one. Well, I think it's got, it's, it used to, I mean, even up to two or three years ago, like at the inner one, six headers around here that Moats used to have, or whoever used to have them, um, you could ride one that you were, that you thought was ready and still, you know, do okay if they didn't do perfect. And it's to the point now, I think, like you just said, if you go out, get a barrier, get a couple legs, whatever. Um, that's about the only chance we've got to do it now, unless you rope in a 15 or, you know, if you have someone that, uh, you think enough of that rides horses good enough that you can let them rope on them at a jackpot. But, um, you know, I, I just try to, I, I feel like there's, there's certain things with, with them that like you ride one and you know, like, Hey, this one, 
like this one's different or this one's got this like you you can't make them score better you can't make them run harder and you can't make them want to help you you know what i mean unless they want to but if they like whoever's rode them before you say if if you haven't rode them the whole time say they just want to get in a little bit tighter than you like to run or you know what i mean you can you can widen them out a little bit or if they if they want to leave out of there a little bit different than you like to leave out of there like you can change that stuff so that stuff i don't worry about but the stuff that makes the difference if they don't have that i just anymore i don't even mess with it you know what i mean just because you're gonna lose and i feel like it's got to the point now where if that happens you also you'll lose your partners before too long you know what i mean and i i hate i hate that because i like i do like riding young horses and seeing their progress and like trying to bring them along but um it's just too risky now for me. Like when you think about it to actually keep, I mean, if you, everybody wants to rope with the best guy. So if you want to keep the best guys, they'll, I think they'll only going to take, especially if they're riding their good ones, you know I mean? They show up to the jackpot, they're on their best one and you're trying something out and it goes bad because of that. It's like, man, they're only going to take so much of that before you're not going to have your partners anymore either. So, um, I think like the way you said doing it, that's about for, for me, I would say that's about the only way we can do it right now. Right. I mean, that's the only way I've, I can make it work, yeah. but, um, you know, and it, from a partner perspective too, it's like, Hey, if you're, if your man's on a hundred thousand dollar head horse, you know that this horse or whatever, this horse is worth a lot of money and he's riding his good one. And he sees his partner on something that he doesn't know. Right. And that horse messes up. He might think, okay, well I trust him that the horse was good. But if he does it enough times, it's like, Hey, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to ride my good one or I'm going to find someone who will. Right. And, and that, I mean, that makes sense to me. Uh, just, just from a partner long-term winning standpoint, you know, I think, I think that's a, uh, that's a good way to look at it. So you talked about being accountable with yourself and being very truthful when you see things. And I think there's this, there's this fine line. Cause when we, when we miss, we usually know, or there's a feel like, Oh, I, I this happened in our run. And then there is a lack of knowledge at some point. So how do you balance that between someone that might not know? Like, let's, let's, let's just say that that's what it is. is someone that's maybe a little bit greener, that ropes well, but still has some improving to do. When they miss and they're not quite sure, how do you, how do you think they can be accountable but still try to get that good feedback or perspective on what they need to do Uh, that's a great question because i i feel like that's the hardest thing as far as what we do to get to the highest level that is the 100 percent the hardest thing to do because one if you if you want to learn at all like when you're like i I mean i'll just use myself because that's what i know the best so for me when i was starting out i want to learn i want to get better every day so that's what i'm trying to do so regardless of, of what I think I know or what I think happens, if Clay Cooper tells me something, I'm going to listen to it, you know? So, or, I mean, anybody that's reps better than me, especially if they, if they tell me, Hey man, this, it looked like this right here. Like I'm all ears. I'm, I'm listening. Well, even if I think like, man, I don't know if it, like what I, what I did bad, or I don't know if it's bad or not. Like now I think it was a little bit because it, I think it's hindered me for a while or slowed down some progress was I, I never thought my idea was maybe the right one sometimes, you know what I mean? Like if I thought, man, I don't know if that was it. Like it didn't seem like that to me. I just let that out the window. It wasn't it. 
I was wrong. This guy's right. You know what I mean? Which, and sometimes could be that way, but sometimes it's not. And what I wish I, you know, what I think guys have to do better is, is realize that like, and that's why I think being truthful all the time is the best way to do it because you, there's, like you said, there's such a fine line of letting yourself fall into, uh, it's not my fault. The excuse train. Right. And the, what I did was I just took accountability for it every time. I mean, if my header breaks a barrier and misses, I, I hazed him too much or my, I let my horse leave early and his horse took off. I mean, I just took the 100%. That was my fault that this all happened. But then that leads into unhappiness to, it could be self-destructive. Yes. Very self-destructive. And I know that's where I was for a long time because it was just always, I was always like that. Like, I mean, even if you do good at a jackpot or if you say you don't even get to throw, it was on me still, you know what I mean? So now all of a sudden I don't even throw my rope today when it's my fault. Well, eventually, I, I think the mind is even more powerful than people realize as far as what we do goes, because just like that, I mean, I don't even throw my rope, but I've got myself talked in. I messed up at the jackpot today. You know what I mean? So I, now I go home and I'm like, man, I, I suck, whatever. And I didn't even throw my rope. Right. So it's like, how do you, how do you even, you know, outsiders looking in would be thinking like, how, what, what makes you even think that? But I got to just a point of, so, and I, I almost talk about it. Like, I mean, I'm not at all one or even close, but I've always got to the point where I thought of like a Navy seal. Okay. So why, why is everybody scared of a Navy seal? Well, we know that we have to kill them or they're going to keep coming at us. Right. So I've always thought about that as far as like roping wise, unless I, unless it kills me, I'm not going to quit going forward. Right. So I've just always had that in my head. Like, you know, I'm not going to let it take me down, but it's like, it's beating me down at the same time where I'm just taking it, taking it, taking it to where, I mean, I've had some very, very dark times. You know what I mean? I hate to even, it's hard to even admit it, but I mean, I've been very dark times in my life over it. And it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, to balance the, what you listen to, what you don't listen to. And when it's not your fault, you got to know it's not your fault. And it's, and it's okay for it not to be your fault. You know what I mean? Cause there's, especially healing, there are certain things that once I'm committed, like, I mean, if I throw, if I'm past the point of commitment and heal the steer and my head or faces early and I lose a leg, unless I can see it coming early in which most time you can't like, yeah, I, everybody knows I get the leg, but if it wasn't my fault that time, which sometimes it is your fault, but if it's not, man, it, it's not my header's fault either. I don't think I've, I've never gone that way with it, but I know when certain things happen that it's like, okay, I got to let that one go. Right. And now I do that a lot better, I think ever than ever before. But there was a time, man, where I think it, it slowed me down a lot because I was just down all the time. You know what I mean? Well, you're almost setting yourself up to, to just be, you're just whipping on yourself. It's like, and and it's really easy to do because the total accountability, I, I, I agree with, I, you know, when I, the, the last partner I had, I had, I told him straight up, we didn't win enough because of me. And I, and I truly believe that. Like, hey, if I want to get where I want to get, it's all on me. And the reason I'm not there is because I have not done what I needed to do. Right. But at the end of the day, I feel like, hey, we, we all know, I, I think that what you say, being truthful with yourself, what we don't realize is there's a process for a lot of us. Some guys get their breaks fast. Like for you... I think that you learned how to heal 
quick. Like, I don't know what it was, but at a young age, you were, you were a really high level healer. And for some other guys, it, it takes them a while to get to that point. And I think if they're truthful with themselves, they can understand this is, it's okay to, to make these mistakes because you have to make them to get better. Right. And that's really like, like even like a, a Navy SEAL mantra is yesterday was the easy day. And right. so if you kind of keep pushing through these things, that's, I think that's where you kind of can build on that. But, uh, going to your, I mean, well, first I, I what do you think about that as far as the mistakes that you've made or that you see guys make, do you think that they need to be made to, to get better? Uh, well, I think they're, they're going to be made regardless. So I think the only way for it is that way, because you have to, uh, like the, the thing you hear now most is, is the, uh, you're either winning or you're learning, yeah. you know what I mean? And I, I never, I didn't ever really used to hear that or didn't really go by that. And then now that I've gotten older and hear it more, it's, it makes a lot of sense to me because whether you do or don't, you know what happened after, I mean, the rope opens over, you can't do anything about it, but you know what happened, you know why it happened, and you just try to not let it happen again. And to me, like where, where I've gotten better now, and I never even used to think about this, was I think the reason that that stuff does happen, which if, if I could go back in time and give myself one magic power for rodeo and it would be this, it would be to not like uh like you hear people say they get in a groove or like this is where the roller coaster comes from because they get they get in a groove to where the, they get to the point where they just think they're going to win and so they they without even knowing it they ease off a little bit on a certain spot and so they make a mistake and then they're like oh crap what what happened well now they're thinking about that so now they're zoned in on one thing more than the rest and then here comes the snowball and they go back down where nowadays I don't even like I'm a one steer at a time, no matter if I'm at a jackpot rodeo, it's just every steer I run, even if you're practicing just cause you caught or missed the one before you still got to ride back in the box, turn around back in, nod your head and start all over again, the whole process. So where, where I'm going with this is for me, especially as a healer, I can't do anything until the header does his job. So even running down the arena might like my clock doesn't start until the steer's first legal hop. If we got to be five and my header runs him to be eight, I can't try to make him into a five second steer because I'm either going to get a leg or miss and we're not going to be five anyway, or I can just do my job as fast as I can. And from when my time starts till the time I heal him, I can do that as good as I can, fast as I can every time. And that's all I can do. So when that's over with catch or miss, it has no effect on the next steer I run. I got to start all over again. We ride out usually go get a different rope or swing my rope and I got to wait till my turn and literally start the whole process over. Like it's the first one of the day. And that's, that to me is that has helped me so much because I don't ever get high and I don't ever get too low because it's just like, I mean, it's 10 second Tom basically is what it is. Run a steer, nothing, start over, run another one. Right. Might be the first one, might be the high teamer. To me, it's nothing. It's the very first one I ran that day. You know what I mean? And, and it's made me, it's helped me to where it's, it's, uh, it's a lot less hard to focus all day long like that because it used to be like, I would, I would think I'd get in this mode and like, I'm just trying so hard to like, just almost just squinting at the back end, staying in that mode to where you wear yourself out and then you get out of it. 
you know what I mean? Or you're, you're so concentrated on what you're going to do. And then a steer does something different. Well, you didn't, you weren't ready for that all of a sudden, even though you thought you were focused. So where now, like, I mean, it might look like I'm sitting off by myself, just focusing on what I'm going to do. I'm not focusing on anything other than focusing on nothing. I'm trying to get every thought I've had in my head that day out of my head. Like I'm just looking blank stare because I want nothing in my head the next year I run. So when like I've had people tell me like, man, it looks like you're just zoned in over there. You'd be amazed if you knew what I was zoned in on. I'm zoned in on absolutely thin air. You know what I mean? Whether, whether the circumstances are high, low, whatever, wherever I'm at until uh, the, I always say that the, the headers left foot on the right foot. Well, if I don't want us to trip and fall, I got to wait for the left foot before I can do anything. Right. So to get to that mindset of stillness or calmness and, and really that's what we're talking about, right? Is we're calming the mind to the point where, you know, at, at a roping, especially we start worrying about all of these things that can happen or go on. And then that kind of puts us in this different mindset where you, whatever we watch someone head or someone heal and they're like, wow. And then you want to pick it up. And that's where it takes you out of your run, your right. deal. And you're essentially talking, uh, you know, this is, this is my stillness. My calmness is through that, that so I can recreate this. When I get in the box, I'm going to heal the steer when he's ready to be healed. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause like, I mean, the, whatever is at stake, wherever you are, we didn't have it when we got there. Like the funniest times to me are yeah. like the, the first days at the George Strait. Every guy there, there's 700 teams in a good mood. Everybody put up 1500 bucks and everybody's just ready to talk and they're smiling and joking. And the next day there, it's like a funeral for 600 of them. You know what I mean? 650. And, yeah. and all they lost was the same 1500 they already lost the day before. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they didn't, they didn't have anything up other than what I had up if I made it back and I'm happy the next day and they're not, well, they didn't even, they didn't lose anything. We lost the same amount. You know what I mean? So they were, or where I'm going with that is they were, they were willing to lose that 1500 and they were in a perfectly good mood when they did it. So what changed other than you lost that? Right. You know what I mean? And it's, it's hard to, it's hard to make yourself think that or, or get into that, but you have to do it. You know what I mean? You have to, as bummed out as you are, I mean, I'm as the saddest days of the year for me is the 10th round when you don't win it. And the second day at the George Strait when you don't make it back, but it has to mean nothing to you. It has to mean the same thing as it meant to the guys that did make, make it back. that didn't win nothing that day. You know what I mean? It's, it's a hard, you know, it's a, it's hard to say or like to get it into a words that somebody can understand. But if, if you're in it, like if you're rodeo and you're in the mix and you know, the feeling of it, it is so hard to, to do it, but it's worth it for what it makes you feel like the other way. Right. The other way leads into not doing good for longer. You know what I mean? If you, if you fall in that direction, I think. Well, and I, and I think it goes back to what you're saying. If you're letting the, the winds control how you, you, your outlook on it, it's the, it's an incorrect mindset yeah. because you're not then focused on your job. And if you believe you're like, you are a lifetime healer. That's what you're doing. And so it doesn't really matter. You know that you're going to fix it, go to the next one, and you're going to 
you'll get what's yours. Right. And so, and the reason I feel comfortable saying that is because I wasn't that way. Right. I was, I was 100% as far as I could be the other way for a long time. And, and I, that's why I know that that is not the way because that, that will make you quit. That will make you hate to no end what you don't hate at all, you know? And that's not a, that's not a good place to be. Why do you think that is? Do you think, well, let, I guess, let me ask if this is why first, when you win a lot at a young age without losing, I mean, from the time you turned 18 to when, when was the first time you won the George Strait? Uh, 2009. I was 21, I guess. So there we go. 2009, 21 years old. And that year you placed twice. I placed all three times. Uh, okay. So yes, this is, I think this is why X Factor got started because I remember when I was, I was just kind of starting to heal. I, I was probably a seven healer and I was working at my healing back then. And, um, I remember buying the George Strait tape to watch you heal. Cause I was like, this is unbelievable. Placed three times, healed every steer. I mean, that's, what is that? 15, 15, yeah. 15 in a row at a rodeo setup, which is, I mean, today that's very hard to do. And that long ago was even probably harder to do. <laughs> and, uh, and that's when I really like got into the, Hey, I, I wanted to watch and study this. So anyways, that's that you, a lot of X factor stuff is yeah. you get credit for that. Cause that yeah. was one of the moments when I remember buying the George Strait. I, I remember just trying to buy every video I could where you were roping because before that I thought it was like clay coop and then watching you heal. I was like, okay, it's Jade. And, uh, and that's when I kind of felt like the torch had been passed to you just from, I mean, I know nothing at this point. I'm a few, what are we, I'm a couple years younger than you. I'm a 1987 model. I'm an 88. So I'm just a year younger, but I, I mean, I'm 20 years old and I'm thinking, man, here it is. Let's, let's watch, you know, you heal. So to go to that with winning that, like that at the George Strait, and then did you make the finals the next year? I made it once already, and once then already. that was the year I roped to Chad on nine, and we made it, we went in the lead that year. Okay, so that is a ton of success very early, and I mean to win the the George Strait is a, a life changing experience, let alone place three times. I mean I think that's huge. Do you think all that success early set this unrealistic expectations of what winning and rodeo should be? Man, I I've gone both ways on that guy. I've just like, to me, like the winning, I mean, obviously I want to win. That's, that's what I want to do is win, but I'm not a sore loser at the same time, which I mean, I know I've probably looked like that in the past and it's, this is something I've never really got to, you know, say to the public or whatever is that like, cause there'll be times where I I might do good at a roping and people will think I'm like not happy about it. Well, I, at like during, I don't even have, I don't even think about what someone's thinking of what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Not worried about it. I'm, I'm winning or losing aside. I want to do my job. And I've always been that way. Like me, I'm, I feel just as good catching two feet at the George Strait or catching two feet at my house. Like when I run a steer, like whatever it is, why, I don't know if it's just the way I'm wired, whatever. Like I'm just as satisfied catching two feet there or as unsatisfied as I would be at the straight. And so I think it's almost more so that, you know, the, the success of, or the winning and stuff that had come with it was, was all great. And I was, you know, going along, wanting to do it and it was fun, but it was, it wasn't that over the catching the two feet. Every time I go, 
that was eating at me or not, you know? So, you know, now that, you know, even just now talking about it right now, it's kind of almost makes me go the other way that it, it's, it wasn't really the winning that, that was doing. It was just the, the sheer will of wanting to do my job. I want to catch every stir I run and I've always wanted to do that. You know, and I, there's been time, I mean, I keep track, I don't really anymore, but there was times where I used to keep track and every time I missed, well, start over up. Now I'm at one. I wanted to see how many in a row I could catch. And every time it was practicing, not practicing, whatever, if I missed, no, now I'm back at one, start over again, you know? And so, and you don't win anything for that. Nobody even knew I was doing that, right? but me. So it's, uh, it's always for me, just been a lot more personal than, than outside, you know, success or win. Cause I don't, I've never really, like I say that I don't care, like I do care, but I don't like my buddies or whatever. Like if you win something or don't win something doesn't have any effect on our relationship. I don't care. Right. But if you beat me that day at the jackpot, I also don't care. I'm happy for you. We do the same things that you, you need to win just as bad as I need to win. So I've never been like, man, I, I can't take, I can't stand that that guy's winning or don't want someone to win or whatever. If, if I don't do my job and don't win, that's on me. That's not, has nothing to do with, with everybody else at the open. So, I mean, I say, I don't care. I'm happy for you. If you win, if you don't bummed out for you too, at the same time, and we're, we're the same, same relationship either way. So right. it's strictly just been a personal fight between me and the steer, honestly. And doing your job. Yep. <clears throat> it's cool to, to understand that. Cause I, I, I think that there's winning can be such a good thing and such a bad thing, yeah. you know, and, and that's one, one issue that you see with a lot of in professional athletes, talent, how much talent really does, uh, put people in situations and then it doesn't allow them to get to this expectation where they really had for themselves, yeah. where it's an all time great or whatever it is. And that's where you see a lot of guys like a, a Kobe or a Michael Jordan or someone like that. They kind of, they find this this edge and they keep that and it's really within I, I believe yeah and they're not they they are competitive and they like to win maybe maybe to the point where both of those guys were a little unhealthy sometimes yeah but it 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 was what kept them going in the practice sessions that were ridiculous and and i think that that's i think that's what a lot of being successful or being at the top of any field that you do takes is you have to you have to have this passion where no one's watching that you're, you're thinking about it yeah. and you are like, how can I do better? <clears throat> and that's, that's funny. Like when it's, when I think about like Kobe or, you know, the guys, cause I, cause I like, I get asked all the time, like, what's your favorite sports team or who's your favorite athlete? And I don't even care what sport, what athlete I like. I just like great. If there's a great team, like uh, a couple years ago, I don't even know who Steph Curry is. I don't even watch basketball. Right. Well, when he starts his rampage making three pointers from every spot on the court, well, word gets out because of it. So I hear about it. I look into it, start watching YouTube of Steph Curry all the time. Like, gosh, this guy's unreal. Like the stuff he's doing. Well, it didn't just happen that day. You know what I mean? It's obviously started a long time ago and got to this point. I just love great, anything great. I'm interested and have respect for. And then when you listen to their, watch their documentaries or listen to the stories of like some of the stuff that Michael and Kobe did it's like, I almost get emotional over it. Like I have such a, just a inner respect and like, it's unbelievable to me with the stuff that they do and just how cool it is. And then I think like, I don't even think about myself this way, but then I think of the stuff like, I'm like, man, I've, I've thought about that or I've done that. 
but I, I and I don't, I wish I would have more respect for myself a little bit at some times, like to, cause I, cause the one thing I wish I would have done ever is I've, as I've never thought like, man, you did good today. Like, or that was really good. You did good. Really? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, cause I, I obviously like times like at this straight, like I know I did good, well, but where I did bad or I, where I do bad still is cause I, cause I hear this more than not like, Hey, it's okay to smile or it's okay to be happy. I'm a lot happier than people think. Like I'm nothing's wrong. I'm good. But when I go to a jackpot and win, that's what I went there to do that day. So I either go there to do exactly why I left my house to do, or I lose and I'm pissed. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm just even normal or I'm mad. Right. So it's like, it's not like I go to the jackpot and win. I'm like, Holy cow, I won the jackpot. Like it's time to go to Chuck E. Cheese. You know what I mean? It's like, I have no emotion over it. That's, that's why I left my house and went to the jackpot was to win it. And so if I win it, okay, good. Now we go home. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. Like, cause, and cause I've heard, you know, Clay's told me a, a lot of times before just from us talking, like in the truck, like he wishes he would have enjoyed his wins more than he has and stuff. And then I get to thinking about it. And I'm like, man, I kind of wish I would have too a little bit because not that I didn't enjoy him. Like there's, there's wins that are fun. Like, uh, you know, if you win a big jackpot or something like it, it feels good and it's, it's fun to do it, but it, it only lasts for that. I mean, when that rope is over, it's over. You know what I mean? That, that high lasts till you get out to your trailer and it's like, it's almost like a relief feeling like, man, I'm glad we won. That's a lot of money to win. We needed that today, but then come home and go to the Tuesday or miss the first one for 150 bucks. And I'm just as mad as I've ever been. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's, uh, like the the ride, and I think if you do it for that reason, you, you won't get to do it a lot. You know what I mean? Because there's there's a different to me. There's a different like the doing it for whatever reason you do it. You can like over time you can tell who's doing it for whatever reason. You know what I mean? You can tell who's doing it for they want to be able to say they won this, and you can tell who's doing it because that's what they want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that. And so that kind of stuff comes to those people. I think if that's cause they're not worried about anything like titles, titles don't get you anything. You know what I mean? Like when I look at my whole career, like look at it on paper, it's like, it blows my mind. Like, I'm like, man, that's not even me. Like, I don't think of myself as that guy or whatever. Cause I know how I feel on the inside. It doesn't even make sense to me. And I don't even like looking at it because of it's not what I think as I'm doing it. You know, it'll, it'll be fun to enjoy it. Like when I'm done, I think. Right. But when I was growing up and I look at Clay Cooper's resume, I'm like, how does this, how is this even possible? Like, yeah, I mean, he's won every single rodeo that I would ever want to win. Every jackpot wins the world seven times. It's just like, this guy's not even human. And then if it's you who's doing some of it too, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like anything at the time. So it's, it's weird to, to say that even because I don't like you, you feel like you're going to crush somebody's dreams or, but it's, it shouldn't be like that. Like I still think the way I used to think when I was a little kid. So that's where, that's where it, I don't like saying it because I wouldn't want to hear somebody say that when I was a little kid. But I think if they hear it or I guess where I'm going with this is I, I wish that the, the one thing that I am most thankful for about winning a world title is that I wanted at the age that I did so I could live my life knowing that if I never won it, it would have been okay. Right. You know what I mean? If that, like I wanted at 25 years old, had I not say I wanted at 40 or never won it, I would have ruined my life over it. Right. You know what I mean? 
and it's 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 honestly it's hard for me to even talk about it but it's also it's hard knowing it and not wanting it to get out there because i i'm sure there's lots of kids out there who are just like i was when i was a kid and i don't want them ruining their life you know what i mean yeah and it's it's what i would have done had i not got how i am about it you know or had it not happened well and to to push yourself to that point and, and, and that amount of pressure day in and day out, and that's the expectations that we have. I think it really takes away from the moments. Yeah. And you, you know, and I think that's like as you talk now, you're you're like, hey, I, I try to, I try to be pretty calm, stay in the moment at the ropings, yeah. right? You're not. Well, I used to get so mad, dude. I rode. I was either good or I was not i mean i wouldn't want to be around myself i didn't want to be around myself but i was stuck you know I mean, I, i'm with me no matter what right and and honestly I, I this is another thing that i hate even saying is that this is why it happened but when it happened mostly was when brock died right you know because that that day i mean i was up in that set also at cheyenne and it was the weirdest hit of like he runs his first one yesterday today he's not here to run his second one you know, I mean, we're in the same, we're nothing, we're just in the same parking lot, just like every rodeo, spend the night, we're up tomorrow, we'll run the second one, but he doesn't get to run a second one now all of a sudden. And that is where it really, like, that was such an eye-opener, uh, that, that changed my life, honestly, it changed it for the better completely the other way, because if somebody would have said, hey, you, you can win the go buckle this year, but Brock can come back if you'll give it up and not win it, absolutely. Yeah, you'd probably give up everything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to. You don't have to even think. Oh man, should I, you think I should do that? You just answer before they're done talking. So then it's like, well, what does it matter then? And then that's the year I win it. When when it really doesn't matter, is the year you win it. And that's the hardest thing to like when or that kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier. Like, how do you balance, you know, the what you what you do and what you think about or like what you listen to 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 get better? It's like. Well, is that so you have to not care or, you know, I mean, that it gets even harder, I think, but it has to be, it has to be a true, like it has to be a, it can't be an act. Like once, if it's a genuine, that's how you are, that's how you think, that's what happens. And I, and I swear it's, it's made me a completely different person from that day to today. That's because I, I used to be like, my arm still hurts. I had, uh, I had to have ankle surgery and, uh. I, I mean, I was, there's was a while where I was hooked on, uh, like pain pills right? because, because I really did hurt that bad. And that was, I mean, I wasn't like addicted to them doing them every day, but if I was up somewhere, I was dang sure taking one. And, uh, then there was times like at the NFR, I, I would go out at night, drink, have my, take a pain pill, drink, fine, nothing wrong with me. Well, then that happens to Brock and it scared the shit out of me, to be honest with you. Well, and it, I haven't drank since. I quit drinking. I don't take pain pills. That's when it all stopped. It it has to scare the shit out of yeah. everybody. And and I was I was driving home with Matt Shizawa. I caught a ride with him from Rock Springs when it happened. And he said something to me about Rock that you're like, well, someone called him. He's like, well, what happened? Like, and and he's like, it doesn't matter. It was his time. Yeah. And and that's. You know, when I heard that, I was like, man, that, that was the, you know, that yeah. was really, that's it. 
and uh and th- and that's where i think we go to this thing like roping we put these guys on pedestals we put you on a pedestal we put clay we put all these guys and what we and and then in internally everyone has this pressure of what they should do and the accomplishments they should have yeah. and then when we realize like what are the important things in life yeah. and it's like well a world title is great i mean my dad he tells me this all the time he's like hey i, I don't really care if you rodeo or not it's not a big deal to me he's like i you know i'm happy being at home with with your mom and and living the life that i have he said i wouldn't trade it for anything no world titles and uh and that's when it really like it started jumping out to me like what's important in life yeah. and and it's the relationships we have with people it's the hey this is what i feel in my soul like i love to rope yeah i don't know like me it kills me sometimes when i go out there and rope um i can kind of tear myself apart yeah but then there's times where I'm like, man, I, I, I kind of want to do some other things. Like I kind of, I like doing these podcasts. Right. I don't think I'm great at them, but I like doing them because I've, you know, I, I think it, it makes a difference in people's lives and I like that. Yeah. And so then it's like, well, you know what? I might be sacrificing my roping career by doing X Factor roping in this. And I'm like, at the end of the day, it's worth it. And I, and I think that's the big thing is to get that perspective at 25. It, it, it sucks that it has to hit like that for yeah. you. But then it makes it where you probably appreciate the little things. You know, you appreciate your, your boys more. You appreciate the horses you have more, the, the partners and everything. You just like stuff that people will never know, yeah. but you don't take it for granted. No, it flipped me upside down, man, for, for the better. But it just, like you said, it's, it's, it's whatever you want to do. And I, and I was so the other way of like, I, I just listened because I, or I always hear all the time, like, well, you don't talk very much. Well, I'm not that smart. I don't want to say anything stupid. <laughs> so if you don't say anything, you can't say nothing dumb, right? So I just, I'm pretty observant, pay attention, don't talk a lot. So I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I listen to what all these people say, like, what I'm doing. And like, man, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And so it's almost like it, they just paint this story for you that all of a sudden you're reading and listening to yourself about you. And if you don't do it, you're like, well, there's another hit. Like, man, I was, they told me I was going to do this and I didn't do it. So like, what, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Where really it means absolutely nothing. Like you appreciate the compliment, whatever makes no effect whatsoever on your life. It should, you know what I mean? It's like, to me, my, all I want out of life, if when it's over, when the day comes for me, I want to know, or even if it happens when I don't know it's going to happen, that I gave it all I had. Right. Just not roping, just everything. Like whatever, raising my kids, husband, father, roper, friend, whatever. Do as good as I can, and that's that's good with me. If not, if it doesn't feel that way, then I just need to know. I just got to push on the gas a little more. Just keep going. And so when you think about it like that, because I've always tried to, as mean as, as complex as what I've been talking about seems like, I usually, I mean, everybody wants the easy way out. I, I think of the simplest things first, at least, you know what I mean? Like I, who doesn't want, if I told you we need 10 post holes over here, one over here, we're all going to go for the one. Right. So why not start there every time? Let's just start with one. And then if we need more, we'll dig two, so on and so forth. And when you think about it like that, it's, it's really is that simple. 
just do as good as if you if you know you did as good as you can do can't really be mad you can get better you you know i mean you it might not be as good as you can do but if you're trying as hard as you can to do it you'll get better at it as time goes whatever it is and so don't be mad about what is happening right now because you might just be learning you know what i mean like you pick up a new event steer roping just start doing podcasts your first one's not going to be your best one right but you're trying to do it you get all the time you get new equipment you get more people on like and then before you know it you'll look back and be like man I remember this first podcast was terrible when you like, look how terrible this was to where we are now. But at the time it's not terrible. It's not even terrible. Then it was just, you can, you see the progress. And so it makes it that satisfaction. You know what I mean? Like it makes you feel like, man, that was, that's my first podcast. And now look where we are today. Oh, I that's mean, accomplishment, you know? Well, and I think what's, what was really important for me to hear was it's okay to suck. And that's so starting that podcasting. I, I follow this guy, Gary Vee, a lot. He's kind of, he says your first, I don't know, 15, 20, 40, maybe this is, I think, a 50th podcast, so maybe the first 50 podcasts, you know, you're not going to do that good of a job, but eventually you will get better. Right. And I got, like I was talking to you earlier, there's times I did not ask Chad a few questions in my very first podcast that people still ask me about, like, what did he say? Yeah. And you're like, man, I, I was so bad. <laughs> but I, I think that's what we're... We're, we become afraid of. We, right. we, we see all these guys that rope great or Kobe or Michael and and we're like, we want to be perfect. Yeah. And when we, who is? Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I listened to this deal the other day and I did not know and I'm going to have to go back and play it. But Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech. They, listen to it. And so I, I kind of thought it was pretty motivational because he brought the, the high school player that cut him. Um, also, the, the one of the players that, or one of the owners uh, for the Bulls, I think he didn't invite, and it was like, it was kind of self-destructive right. on how he gave that speech. And you're like, this is the greatest basketball player of all time, yeah. and he still has a chip on his shoulder. He's still saying f you to his high school coach for yeah. cutting him. And then they talk about the realistic of it, like he was a freshman. The guy that got his position was taller, physically stronger, was a and and then he he in turn got to play more because he didn't make the varsity team. Yeah. So that was like a good situation, but he didn't see it like that. Yeah, in the moment you don't you don't know or can't can't see it in the real time. Yeah, and you're like, here's here's Michael. And he's still this way. And then I you know, you you look at that, you're like, wow, this is I don't know that I wanna be Michael Jordan. Well so yeah, that's what I was just fixing to say. It's like you I think the best thing is, is to be able to look back and say like, man, my first podcast sucked. Right. It's, it's funny to be able to say that now. And, and you should be able to laugh about it because why wouldn't it? It's not going to be perfect the first time, but if we're okay with that, like, I just think there's no pure way to do it in anything we do rather than be like that, be okay with not being good or be willing to try. You know, it's just, the, it's just the fact of some people won't try anything just because they don't want to do bad if you know there's a guy over here that ropes good they, they're not going to rope today while he's here because they don't want to suck in front of him i can promise you as far as roping goes there's nobody that's messed up more than me i lead the league in mess ups right so you got nothing to worry about all of a sudden come on out and rope because there's nothing you're going to do that i haven't done well and that's like <clears throat> I, I heard this one time at a rodeo and i thought this was it was the funniest thing i'd ever heard but uh, there's a guy we were at an amateur rodeo in idaho and this guy was a 10 healer he misses a steer and he whips his rope and he, he gets mad. And this guy looks at me and he's like, I don't know why he's so surprised. He's probably missed a thousand steers yeah. to get to this point. 
And he's like, what did he think? He wasn't going to miss another one again? Yeah. And and just for someone like that to have that kind of perspective, you're like, wow. I mean, it, I, I never would look at it like that. I'd be so upset that I missed. Yeah, we're and, doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But you're like, when, when it comes down to it, I think if we're afraid of failure or we have these expectations out of ourselves, it takes away from being in the moment. Yeah. It takes away from enjoying. I mean, how many great hill horses have you rode? Yeah, more than I should have. And, and you know, that could be a big thing is to have horses like that and not appreciate them at the time. Yeah, for sure. And, and so to have these things or, you know, to be with your boys or whatever it is to watch them play baseball, you know, that's really, that's the only chance you get at that. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, yeah. There's always roping. Like, it's funny to me now is like as, as weird as what's going on in the world. Like right now is I'm perfectly okay with being quarantined. Yeah. Like it's the worst thing for my rodeo careers to let me stay home again. Like now I'm like, I'm hoping it doesn't get lifted. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, but I am at the same time because right now I thought about how yesterday and today we'd be in Oakdale at the slack and I wouldn't be here because my kids would be playing baseball and that isn't okay. Right. That's so that's, so that's why it makes it hard is like, okay, well then why would I be out there if I want to be here? Right. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's where a guy's got to, and it's what's hard is, which it is how, I mean, I've, I got to do it to provide for them, but like the selfishness of rodeo, how rodeo has to be is, is gone for me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good with me. You know what I mean? Like I've done what I wanted to do and I'm, that's their turn as far as I'm concerned. Like if, as far as what I'm doing, practicing, like there's, there's days that I used to not take no for an answer practicing and I don't even think about practicing. Right. You so know you I mean? can spend it with the family yeah, and just, just enjoy yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Just do the things that you know. Hey, like, I mean, it's, I know it's the cliche thing to say, but when, when it happens, it really is that way. They grow up so fast, man. I mean, right. Colby turned nine years old the other day. It's wild to think, isn't it? Well, I mean, when I look back at pictures or like we'll watch videos of when he was one, it's like last year. You know what I mean? Like the way I feel and just the, the rope ends and stuff that's gone on or radios in between just feels like, oh, yeah, last year at so-and-so. No, that was eight years ago at that rodeo. It's just like, holy cow, man. I don't even – it doesn't even seem possible. Like it, it does – because it feels like they catch up. Like I feel like I did when I started rodeoing. Right. And now I've got a kid that's nine years old. It's just like I think it makes it happen fast because it's like they're just a weed that just catches up to the rest of them. It's, it's really – well, it's and, great, but it's it's a weird feeling, man. To, well, and it's that's I think that's life too. <clears throat> yeah. You know, is it's so much of life is um, we when we're young we have this passion and we don't really think about our family. Like it's more like, hey, this is what we want to do. And then rodeo itself, the natural what it is turned into, what it takes requires so much uh, detail into everything, from taking care of animals to all the resources it's just it's kind of a selfish sport yeah 100 percent. and so to to balance that is it's tough and yeah. it's kind of it's where younger guys have a, a lot of luck right off and then you know the ones that transition to it um it's it's different for them and you can see it and uh and it's not i don't know i don't i don't know if it's good or bad i think it's a good thing that if you have a family and, and do that but um then you got to start finding that balance right yeah and that's it's hard man because it's it was like you said, there was, which, and, and this is where I feel, I feel bad too, is kind of, you know, when I was doing good at a young age, 
and like you said, the stuff you don't even think about. I didn't even, I mean, I did know, and but I didn't really understand, I guess, probably how much was being sacrificed for just me, literally just me to chase my dream, say, like my wife, she was, now looking back on it, she was doing nothing. She was 100% helping me the whole time. You know what I mean? It's like, and during it, it's like, you don't even think, well, what do you want to do? Right. It's, you just get into like this hypnotized mode of like, this is what we're doing, and you're you're this is what you do too you know what i mean and it's like now looking back it's like man what a jackass or you know i mean like the times i think like my mom or sister and whoever they've flown they've done like unreasonable things to drive a rig at unreasonable times like and spur of the moment like call right now hey literally you drop everything for me if you don't mind and get on this plane and come drive my rig 18 hours not even just like when I said about giving the buckle back for Brock to be alive, that's how they answered the question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me, how, how many days or like, what do I need to bring or how many clothes? Like not even a, and, and you can tell truthfully, not even a thought of like, Oh man, I don't want to go do that. Just when do I need to be there? And like, that's where it's made me kind of how I am now. It's like, it makes me want to do nothing. Like I don't like talking about myself. I don't want to, go anywhere for myself like i'm just like i'm gonna stand back here like my kids baseball games if the times i haven't coached or whatever i watch from the outfield like i don't want anybody talking to me or talking about what i'm doing or roping because that's that happens a lot when i go like i just sit and by myself stand in the outfield fence and watch the game like i want them to do what they're doing like don't talk to me about roping today. You know what I mean? Just, and I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but well, I think I feel bad about it enough to, to think that way, you know? No, it totally makes sense. It, what it makes me think is it's like, you know, there's all these things that we can win at rodeo and, and we have these people that want us to be successful. But I think that's what makes rodeo special is the family, the camaraderie, the, the people that will help you. And, and when you are successful, granted, sometimes we... I, from the outside we don't realize like who you know they're like oh jade he's done all these things but really when you look at it it's been a whole family yeah i got to just rope that's what i got to do i got yeah and it, and so essentially that's that's where where it is and, yeah. and you have this this great family within rodeo and that's it that is probably the coolest thing about the the whole rodeo culture yeah is how much support we have well and when they're the punching bag also when it doesn't go good right now you, now you're the guy you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and you get cussed for me not filling up my own water bucket for myself yeah because yeah. we need to leave and my horse doesn't have water so it's your fault not my fault you know what i mean and that's and then they're still around still helping you that's how you know they're they're gold they're, they're special they're the gold yeah for sure and i think that that's uh to get that kind of perspective though is, is important. And I think that, man, you know, I, I, it's been good for me to see it from at different people. And I've been pretty lucky with my dad because it's kind of, we've always been, he's been good about that. You know, my family, if they're, if I want to do something, they support it. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that it really makes it, it makes me understand like, Hey, and it's hard for me to not be selfish. Right. And I think that's that's something we all got to understand is, hey, because people are willing to give yeah. doesn't mean we should take. For sure. And um, 
And that's, I think that's a big mistake that I, I make all the time and I, I regret it all the time. And yeah. to try to get clarity on that is. Well, it's hard, man. It's because I, when I think about it, it's what's crazy to me now is like, now that I've gotten older is looking back at the times of like, say like when Kyle Lockett retires from rodeo the age he retired at is like three years younger than we are right now. Right. So to think about myself three years ago, no chance of me retiring. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, man, this guy, he just quit. He makes it seven times in a row. He's 28 years old or whatever he was. And just, that's it. Like that, you don't even realize it. Like there's, I have more respect for that. I mean, he gave up his whole deal in his prime for his family. And how can you not respect that? You know what I mean? Like now looking at it, cause he comes back, makes it again and he's 40 and you think about, and he's only 40 years old. And how long has it been since he's been there? Well, it doesn't take a genius to figure out the math on that. Like this guy was right in this prime of his life doing what he was grew up doing. And the only thing he did for ever, just that's good. I'm, I'm good. Right. So it's like, man, you, cause you can't, like you said, with the time, you can't get that back. Right. And you, and you he go, gave it up. You got, you look it takes balls, man. Well, and he's, you look at him, he's happy. <clears throat> yeah, you know, for every sure. time you go to a rodeo in California, if it's an overnight deal, it's a two header. He's barbecuing with the family. You know, he's probably drinking a Coors Light. Yeah, and got he's, the motor home. Yeah, he's got. He's having a great time. Yeah. And you're like, man, this this guy's winning. Yeah. He, well, yeah, look, and then no, he does win Salt Lake, wins Houston, wins yeah. San Angelo again. If they would have got in or wouldn't have been in Houston, he gets in again. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. I I think he was in. <clears throat> which it, happiness makes you do that? That's what. That's where I was kind of going with that earlier why i think a guy's got to just be okay with not trying to fight that off when you're like if you want to do it like when you said you might be sacrificing some roping for these podcasts well that's what you want to do you got to do it right because you're you'll regret not in the end and you can't get that back and you'll wish you would have done it and that's my all-time fear i don't want to wish man i wish i'd have done that right if you wish that well then do it right then well, let's talk about some practice because, man, when I first came to Stephenville, I heard some stuff and I was like, holy crap. Because like, I, I thought I roped a lot. You know, we, we come from a family that we put on ropings and I, I broke in a lot of steers and it was nothing to rope. I mean, on a big day, we do 50 to 100 steers and, you know, and we in that or 100 runs and that would be six to eight horses or whatever. Um, and, and I'm talking real runs, 100 yeah. times on fresh steers. Yeah. And I do that quite often. We break a few thousand head in. And, uh, and I got to Stephenville and I would hear the first thing is I, a kid that was living with you, I think. And I don't know if you own the head horses or you had him, if he owned them, but you guys would run upwards of over a hundred steers. Maybe how many, how many steers would you run? Man, it would be usually be over a hundred. Well, and a lot of times what I would do was I would like, say if I went to Clay's in the morning, like at Clay's house, whatever time he says, start that's usually when you start and you rope until you're done. Like you can rope quite a few pretty fast, you know? Right. So there would be days where I would show up at his house at nine and by 11 or noon, we could have run 60 or 70, you know what I mean? Like pretty easily could have run that many. And then, uh, I would stop at the pack sack on the way home, get something to eat and get home. And Zane would be waiting there with the steers loaded. And I would resaddle some other horses and right back to it and rope the rest of the day there. So, I mean, there, I don't know if that, I mean, I've, I wish I would have counted actually some days, but there might've been some days around 200, you know what I mean? Like just, okay. there was, there was one year I had like 14 heel horses and, you know, I was counting my two or three of the good ones I was riding that I didn't really practice on, but still there was at least just say 10 or 11 
for sure that I was riding every day I roped and riding all of them. And I mean, there was, there might've been a few 200 steer days and not even realizing it at the time, you know, just that's what I want to do, just roping. And there was days where if Zane had to do something and just rope a few, then I would go somewhere else that evening, go to Luke's or go to Jake Cooper's or, you know, and they run. So I'm roping what three guys want to rope in a day and I'm the guy healing for them, all three. So, uh, and that was just the mode. I mean, I still want to be in that, like I'm still in that mode, but I physically, I can't do it anymore. But at the time, like I wasn't even, which I, I did have, I had a, like a couple of different people at times, like working for me, helping like saddle and get okay. horses ready. So I didn't have to do all of that, but, uh, it's still, it was, that's a long day. Just if you got to get off and step on and go right to the box, it's still a long day riding that many, but that was just, that was just what I was doing. I didn't, you know, I, my kids were, or I only had one, he was really little, so he's not doing much and I'm just out there doing it, you know, and, and wanted to, wasn't even thinking like, man, I'm going to work at this. And it, it never really got to that point until I started having people like they started just hearing about it, I guess, or like, cause different headers would come over and rope. Like I used to have certain guys show up like in increments, you know? And, uh, they're like, man, do you really rope as many as they say you rope in a day? I'm like, I mean, yeah, I get, or how many did they say I roped, you know, I just didn't even, and then, you know, and then rope the dummy at night. And I'm like, well, yeah, if I, if I get a, get an idea in my head, you know, after dinner, yeah, I'll go out there and rope it and try it and see if I'm right or wrong, or if it's something I need to work on. And just, it was just, it's kind of weird looking back. It was almost just like a certain, I was in like a, some mode that it just became like an addiction. You know what I mean? Like, right. This is just what it is and this is what I'm doing. So. Well, and I, and I think that's where it goes to is like building that habit. Like probably didn't start off, you know, at some point running that many, but you just run more and more and then, and then had more and more horses. Yeah. And the other thing is, uh, I think it becomes kind of a business and, and this is what I'm starting to see. I, and I want to hear what you think, but a guy like Paul Eves, who has a lot of heel horses and he rides them all day. But what he talks about is getting paid to, to practice, you know, is as you train your horses and make them, it's right. just another source of income. Yeah. Was that something that was kind of helping make the deal work too? Because, you know, to, to make it work rodeoing, I think, you know, there's going to be times where we're not going to win and, yeah. and there's going to be major Lots expenses. Yes. Almost all the time, really. Even <clears throat> even for the guys that do great. Well, so I tell everybody all the time, it takes a special person to know going into it, you're going to lose more than you win and still go into it. Yeah, maybe even twice as much losing. It's uh, I've never, for for just for that reason, I've never liked to, or I never got into like the, I don't keep track of, when somebody asked me how much it costs a rodeo, couldn't tell you. I know what I got in my bank account and try to keep it above a certain number. After that, I don't care because I don't think you, you would want to know. Right. You know what I mean? I just don't even want to think about it because it would be, it's, it's not good probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad sometimes, <clears throat> but no, I do. I, I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it because you never know when just somebody might come over to rope anyway, or I've, I've sold a lot of horses, not even trying to sell a horse, like somebody come over for a lesson or come rope just to come rope and be like, man, what's, what's that horse? And just not even thinking anything about it and like well would you sell him like well i guess yeah try him do whatever and end up selling him so it's like man if i hadn't been riding that horse for the last six months like i have he wouldn't have wanted to try him today so i think that's a that's an extremely good way to look at it just because then it doesn't look like you're out there just messing around like you because that's what you hear all the time like oh you guys just get to rope all day well yeah we get to rope all day but there's a reason for it 
Right. You, you I'm have, at my job. I'm, I go to work every day. It's not like you have one heel horse that's 20 years old and you're running 20 steers on it. Right. You have young horses that you're making better and you have... Yeah, you, you got know, the, whole, the whole crowd. Yep. You're, <clears throat> you're doing what that horse needs. And then it, there are some horses that just that are good horses yeah. that don't fit your deal. And they're going to make a great horse for someone else. Right. And that's because you've roped on them. That's, well, see, and that's... I, I wish people would understand that. Well, just like my best horse right now, I bought from Travis Graves. Right. You know, people sometimes people think if a certain caliber of roper doesn't want a horse that means they're not a good horse well that's not the case at all everybody ropes so different and just the the size of you how tall you are where you squeeze with your legs makes such a difference per horse somebody might think a horse is terrible somebody else they might be great for someone else and that's what that's the one biggest misconception i think there is out there about buying horses is people won't even look at them sometimes they're like oh this guy don't want him or if he don't cost this uh, he's he ain't no good right i bought a horse uh last week for $8,500 that right now is third in line if I go somewhere. There you go. You know what I mean? So it don't, just because somebody doesn't get along with them doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? The ride the horse and see if you fit him, great. If you don't, same same difference. The price don't matter. Nothing matters other than what does he feel like to you? Right. Can you do your job on him? Yeah. And that, and that's why I feel like, like I don't do good. Like I'm not a good horse seller because like when somebody comes to try a horse, they're like, well, what, anything I need to do? Well, I mean, yeah, I can tell you exactly how to ride him, but if that's not how you ride, then you're going to buy him, go home and ride how you ride. Now he's not going to work the same. And you're going to think, man, that guy screwed me on that horse. Right. And, and that's not the case. So, I, I mean, I understand odds are, I'm not going to like this horse when I try him. So I know the deal. If you get on him, you just go rope. And if you like him and he works good for you, great. If he doesn't, I understand, trust me. So no harm, no foul. You can run one steer and get off him if you don't like him. Right. It doesn't matter to me. You know what I mean? But I have I feel like it's almost hurt me sales-wise sometimes because it's almost like if you tell them nothing, they're like, well, I don't know what to do. Well, go heal. Right. Go try the horse. You want to try him? Try him. I don't, I'm not going to give you the handbook and then that's not how you do it. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> but there's, I mean, I kind of got off track there, I guess, but that, that is a. I think it's great advice. Um, I think the big deal when, when you're selling horses or in, and you have your horses understanding like, we all wrote like every healer, every header, dang near has a different swing and uses yeah. their feet different. And, and so to, there are certain things that we have to do that are similar, but there are different ways of doing them as well. Right. And so that's why you will see these horses that like, even like this sorrel horse that you got, I mean, he, I think he's a really good horse, yeah. but he's different. Like yeah. he's not that normal, like flashy type of horse. Right. Um, <clears throat> well, and he's, he's, uh, he what he does that to me is so good like he's maybe what he might be the fastest one i've had right but whatever the steer like he just doesn't do too much he will do he can do whatever he's got to do but then he won't at the same time if he doesn't need to which sometimes with horses that people classify as good or whatever like it's because they're high-powered horses well they might do too much well that doesn't do you any good you know what i mean like if you got the loper and your horse is running too hard that you're, it's going to be hard to catch the loper and you got to catch those, you know what I mean? But then if you draw the runner, then you can catch. well, you don't want to draw the runner all the time to be able to catch easy on your horse. You know what I mean? Cause then you're not going to win too. Right. So having one that just reacts the same as I react, like if steer lopes, I'm relaxed. He's going to lope if steer runs. He's going to run. I'm going to run. You know what I mean? And that's a, that balance of just doing what's required 
and not going over the line or under the line, that's that's hard to beat sometimes, you know. I uh, I was riding around the other day, and I just was thinking this to myself, and I don't know how true it is. Uh, I think it's very similar to what you're thinking. Um, what, for me, I was I was like trying to look at horses at how like their greatness or how great they are. And I was like, you know, if they're not wasting one step, it doesn't really matter how fast that horse is. Because I've been on some pretty slow horses, and I've run cattle down on the desert that are a long ways away. And I've been on some really fast ones that can't catch a steer in the wild, you know? Yeah. And you're like, if, if those horses know how to use their feet and they put you in that spot, that to me is great. Like that's when I'm like, okay, now we've got something special. Well, that's, that's funny to me that you say that because you hear it all the time though. Somebody will say about any horses, say, man, that horse, like he ain't the best or he ain't the fastest, but he always seems to get me there when he needs to get me there. Well then what do you mean? He's not the best. He Sounds like be. to me, that's what I'm looking for. Like if you're wanting to sell him, that's great. I'll, I'll take him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, a, I've been looking for that for a while. So perfect. You know what I mean? But then they, they almost talk about it. Like, I mean, he, he's not the best, but he, uh, he's always seems to get there at the right time. Well, that's what I bang my head against the wall, not being able to do. So if, if he can do that, I'll just ride him then. Yeah. I, I mean, I, <laughs> you know I, I mean, that'd totally be great. Agree. Well, and it's like you, you go to these high powered horses or these really like a heel horse with a ton of buttons. Um, if you've got one that's just got this big old jam up stop and he's really reactive, what happens when you get to that third or fourth or fifth steer that takes a weird jump and yeah. this horse takes that shot away from you? For sure. Well, what horse is better? The one that's just reading the cow and gets you there that doesn't stop as hard and can't run as fast that well, you always catch that steer or the one that you miss that steer on? Right. Well, because I think there's a there's a fine line of there there's a certain move. And that's why I like about this sorrel so much is there's certain ones that if they do certain things with this with the steer the steer looks like he's not moving right because if you're not if you're a guy that doesn't get nervous or whatever and it gets blurry that's that's what it is i mean if you're standing in your doorway and i come running around the corner at you like it's like whoa like you didn't see me coming it's a little blurry right if i'm standing at the end of your walkway and you're standing in the door and we just start walking towards each other well we're not gonna i mean that's pretty simple right so that that to me is great we would never mess that up you know what I mean? You'll see everything. So why wouldn't you be able to do it? That's when stuff goes bad is like, Oh man, I couldn't quite see, or I, I missed that part. You know what I mean? Like I was a little blurry and then you get a leg. Well, if your horse does that to me, they're useless to you. I, man, I, I totally agree with you. Um, okay. So there's one horse in particular. I want to talk about your heel horses too, but you got Jackal and he was a little bit older when you when you rode him, right? A How lot, old was he? A lot a bit older. He was like twenty is was he? He 20? was over twenty, yeah. Okay. He was no papers on Jackal, right? No. So what I'm curious about Jackal, um, that when you won your first world title, that was the horse, right? Yeah. And it's a little different game on that horse than your others, you know, you weren't jackpotting on him probably as much. And well, I didn't, him. I didn't even, I never even rode him other than, uh, that was the year that came, I rode caveman. There was 65 rodeos that year. Right. I rode caveman at 62 of the 65 rodeos that year. Jeez. And that was the year he hurt his hind suspensories and I rode him for a while like that. Didn't even know. And so, uh, come the U S finals, he was just still acting weird. That was when I decided, man, I, this something's wrong with this horse. Uh, and for whatever reason, I don't even know why I thought of Jekyll. Just the thought of he was good at the NFR and Michael wasn't rodeoing or whatever. Um, so that was when I called him. It was October before I even had the idea. Right. And uh, so we went back and forth a while. And um, 
I was in the Columbia River circuit that year and their circuit finals was in November in Redmond. And so that was, I took him there and I ran three steers on him there. And that was all I'd roped on him competition ever before the NFR. Right. And so it was a, it was a new feel, you know what I mean? To me, but I just, you know, that, that's, that kind of goes back into what we were talking about earlier about what you, what you feel and what you want to do. And so you just do it. Okay. So I had in my head for whatever reason, if I get this horse, I'm going to win it and not, and not even, I, I really did think that, but then the reality of it was me wanting to think like, man, that's stupid to actually think that, but I'm thinking that's going to give me my best chance to win it. So why wouldn't I do that? Well, and I'm not, I mean, it was crazy. It seems like at the time it was crazy and even now it seemed crazy, but in the moment it seemed like it was crazy if I didn't do it. And I'm, I'll openly admit he was whatever 20, he was over 20 years old. Didn't really know, didn't know how sound he was. I gave $60,000 for him. Right. And I was as panicked as you can ever imagine because you can't insure him because he's too old not going to sell him. I'm thinking at the time, like, this is, this is my horse. Don't know. I just need him to live two weeks is what I'm thinking. Cause in my head, I'm like, if this is, I truly believe I'm going to win it. If they called me and said, Hey, you, you're going to win the go buckle, but you got to give back every dollar that you win there. I would take that deal in a heartbeat. Okay. So I'm like, well, what's this, whatever I spend on him. Every, if I win it, like I think I'm going to obviously win enough and still have the horse. But if I win 30 grand only, well, I'd give 30 grand for him probably and still own him. So, I mean, like, that's not that big a deal. I was like, any check I win is going to chip away at the 60 grand that I just gave up. And if I do happen to get what I want in the end, then I'll win more than so great. Well, long story short, I win 84,000 and win it. And it was just a crate, like, because there was enough people that I'd told beforehand, like, and they could tell I was being truthful. I'm like, man, I just... I know it seems crazy, but I said, I truly believe this is the horse I need to get and I'm going to win it. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to win it if I do this. And afterwards it was just like, even myself, I was like, holy shit, that's just like, that really did just happen. So I gained 24,000, still have the horse, got what I wanted, ride the horse for another whole year. And then I sell him to Jim Cooper. Right. So, I mean, that was one of those things looking back, how, how regretful, I mean, we wouldn't even know. But I can promise you, I would have thought about it every day. Like you're so stupid for not. Why didn't I just try it? Because today, that sixty grand that I spent that day, that was eight years ago. It means nothing to me now. Right. You know what I mean? You could spend ten thousand, almost ten thousand a year, and it'd be gone anyway. Well, and it's uh, you're just betting on yourself, and you're betting on, hey, this is. I got this feeling, and you're and you're essentially you're trusting yourself. Right. And I think that that's really important to to know like, Hey, I, I can do this. Right. And, uh, and to be able to roll the dice. Cause there's times where people make those decisions and it doesn't work. Right. But also if you have the right outlook, you still get something good out of it. Right. And, and I think that it goes back to like what we're talking. If, if you don't do it, you'll regret it forever. And yeah. what's worse losing 60,000 bucks or, or regret or just wishing. Yeah. Well, no, I think regret. I mean, there's oh, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, I think that's because just like now I can't do it today. He's dead. Yeah. I mean, if I could say, man, I would do it now. Now I would do it. Well, you too bad. He's gone. You, you missed the boat. So, I mean, what a, like now looking back on it, like what a great time in my life that I had and stuff that came from doing that. Like 
not just what I was after that moment. Cause I, cause I have tried to get better at like, there's a, I've seen a quote talking about there is, there is no past. There is no future. All we have is the now. Yeah. Cause we can't change the past and we don't know if there is a future. Right. You know what I mean? So I, and I was like, that was just when I was kind of starting to get into that or like trying to make myself believe it. And so I'm like, well, he's alive today. I'm mean, like, yeah, he's old. He might, he might die. He might get crippled. He's going to die someday. Might be tomorrow, but we don't, he's here right now. And I have the opportunity to buy him and I have the money to do it. So what am I, I'm just trying to talk myself out of it or what am I doing? So it seems like a no brainer yeah. all of a sudden. So I just pulled the trigger and so long the rest is history, I guess. I want to know what that horse was like out there in that building, because to me, like what I see is he has this great ability to get around the end of the steer and just allow you to heal very fast. Yeah, no, he was, I would, I honestly, I would have, he felt great to me. I would have loved to have got to ride him like in his prime out there. Right. But, but even when I did ride him, I feel like that's the best I've ever, I mean, probably the best I ever will heal at the NFR. I mean, it was lights out. Well, yeah, but it, it was one of them deals where like it was, it was on the line of, I had to do it. And he got me to the point to let me do it at the same, like he, he just made it to where there was no second guessing. This is what ha I'm going to make you do this, but I'm going to get you to the point that you can. And so I just, I knew that kind of going in, I'm thinking to myself, basically I was in kind of a false mindset of I'm, I'm riding this horse. So I'm going to do good. Right. So I had that false sense of confidence already Over overconfident. Home yeah, so school, I mean, homeschool confidence. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, the homeschool confidence. Yeah. I've heard him say that before. So the first thing that I get into that I'm like, oh, this is a little hair. I don't even, I, I know it's that, but I know it ain't going to get better. And so I just no doubt do it like I would do it just like I react, you know I mean? At the snap of a finger and it works. So I come back, do it again. All of a sudden, seven times later, did it all seven times just, and, and if I have to tell the truth, three of them was like, Ugh. not wanting to do it. Like the reality is not want to do it, but the, in the moment and the fearlessness of messing up, not being there, pull the trigger every time. You know what I mean? Like wanting to win, not scared of it at all. But because it's what's, I don't know if everybody's like this or not. I'm sure everybody is. I, I think of so many different things at one time. Like I, I can have a conversation with myself during a run way out. I mean, I can make two decisions way out the options and decide one over the other in three seconds. You know what I mean? Right. And so there was about three of them in there in the moment. I'm like, mm, like this isn't what I had in mind, not wanting to do this. But then on the other side of it, the guy on the right shoulder is just like left shoulder, get out of the way. I'm fire. Yeah, we're coming. Yeah. We'll get out of the way either right. way it's coming. So, and then afterwards, this is like, I didn't realize how good it felt until like the run was over. I'm like, man, that then you go watch the video and it's like, that looked like exactly what you're supposed to do. Well, and I think that's what made that horse so great is from my perspective. And I only really, I think I realized it when you wrote him the next time at the finals or, and he was a little bit kind of too short there or it had just yeah, maybe lost right one steer. Yeah. And got your hand on that one. That was the last steer I ran on him too. That's the bad part. Um, but it was, it was more or less cause he was losing his run, but what he would do is he had this and, and Michael did it a long time on him. Um, but he had that shot right at the, where you would throw so fast and he set it up to throw so fast, but it yeah. didn't really look like there was another shot available. Right. Like it was this shot 
it was the best and the fastest shot. Yeah. And I think that going into that and you riding that line that I think Buddy Hawkins talked to, <laughs> talked to me about this one time, but he said, you know, winning sometimes you feel like you're you're just kind of like riding that line between crashing and being yeah. in control. That's like walking the tightrope. Yeah. Yeah, you're walking the tightrope and and that's and I think that's what it's really about is you're rolling the dice and yeah. taking the game plan and believing in it and then this horse that has he has his run and he's you can you can heal on him the way he wants to be healed on or you you're going to have to probably get it on a different horse, yeah. you know, like or it's just not going to be successful and I think that that's what I I thought about that horse and I I, I wanted to hear what you thought cuz it Man, it was special. Well, he was, man. He was a cool, and he was a cool horse just outside the arena. Like, I, I loved just having him. You know what I mean? Like, just riding him around to keep him in shape was cool. Right. Like, he, he was different. He was probably different than any horse I've ever been around as far as that stuff goes. Like, it was, it was borderline creepy. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you can't talk to him, but this is another dude out here that's wanting to heal steers. You know what I mean? It was, it was really like that. And, and I think he knew he had a, like a just kind of I don't know call it confidence or swag about him whatever that like he knew he was good I think and he loved doing it and I mean it was it was a cool I mean looking back I would have hated myself not knowing what I know now if I had not bought him I would have really been mad if I got to find out later what it was like you know right or been told later like what I missed out on regret it forever well and that's the other thing is it's like you know you have these like to to make that decision to ride him. And to go in it with that confidence is, I, I mean, I, dude, that's huge because, you know, it it was caveman, right? It was just, yeah. And that horse is probably on most healers' all time list, right? I mean, he's one of the better ones yeah. ever. And but he, how he works was so different. Oh, completely different horse, yeah. And and how we watched you heal was probably really different than what Jackal was. <clears throat> so for you to to kind of go to that was. I mean, you're really probably out of your element, like a little bit. Yeah, I honestly, it was, but it was, it was at the time of my life of. I was thinking, I mean, I I went through so many sleepless nights of thinking all this stuff, but like it's easier to talk about now than then, because I know the answer. But it was just like a, this is what I've wanted my whole life. So what am I going to hold back for now? Right. Like you know, you can't just be a catch guy. I can't just be a go fast guy. Like you got to have everything in your bag if you're going to be great. And I would just remember thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? I've, I've thrown fast a lot. I've caught a lot. I was like, I don't care what anybody else thinks about this. Like it doesn't bother me if I, people know what I paid for him. If they think it's stupid, it has no effect on them whatsoever. So why would it bother me to even let someone else's thoughts like hinder what I'm about to do or think about? And for whatever reason, like whatever I did think about during that time, just literally opened the door to, just like a, like a freedom of just calmness and like, you know what, if I fail, who cares? At least I, I knew, I guess that was, that was one of the times that I knew for sure I was giving it everything I had and I was going to do it as good as I knew how to do it. And right when I thought I should do it and live with the result. Well, and that, that goes back to the, the not caring about uh, results one way or another you're being essentially true to yourself right, right? is that how it feels you well, just and the funny part about it was had i not bought him right before like paying that for him at the time that like opened the door for letting me come through it and feel that way right you know what i mean because i'm like everybody already knows i bought this horse and they know what i paid for him so they're they're waiting for me to fail almost anyway or see if it's going to happen so so what does it matter the only way i can go is up 
Right. It's either going to be what they thought it would be, or it's going to be, man, that was a great idea. Like we didn't think it was going to turn out that way, but so who cares? Like it's going to, it's I'm right here. It's going to go that way. Had to have been the specialist win. Oh, your career. Was, right. Man, it, well, it was. And then other than triggers, not winning it at the, that, that yeah. was hard. But as far as one sided, it went just how I thought it was going to go other than just a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Which is, yeah, I, I man, I, I didn't even think about that. Cause I remember in your speech too, you talked, that was like one of the first things you talked about. It was hard, man. You just said, Hey, this is, I can't well, do it. Cause he it. had more money than I had one too. Right. Cause he wrote to Twistleman at Denver and they wanted day money or something like that. And it, it wasn't a lot because at the, at the end of the year, uh, I guess it was either, I guess it was before Omaha after somewhere him and champ both were going to go home and Chad and I went to Amarillo, Albuquerque and El Paso and we won like 3,600. And so we weren't just a lot different, but he, he did have more money than I had won. And then we go through the rest of the year to, I mean, we roped in California together. So we go as a, basically as a team the whole time. And just, I mean, you know, from being other, what you go through, like it's tough. It's, it's like, it's like, it's you. I mean, you go through it as one and then it's like everybody's wanting to they're pulling me in the door because i'll never forget it we because we thought we'd won it we knew we had to win the day money had to win fifth in the average uh there was three teams that could uh two of the three teams had to miss for us to even have a chance at fifth right and two of the three miss before we get it's like man this is crazy like i didn't guys i wasn't even thinking we had a chance i'm just thinking we'll just go as fast as we can just hope for hopefully win the day money well, then we're getting closer and closer, and it's like, it's kind Begay of was one of them. He missed, and it's like, gosh, dang! Well, surely one of these other two is not going to miss. And then whoever else it was, the two in a row just missed. The third team hasn't even gone yet, and they've already two of them missed. And it's like, all of a sudden, it, like we're four or five teams away, and all our game plan is all of a sudden like, hey, this is a different deal. All of a sudden, like now we've got, we got a chance here or whatever. We had to win the day money. Well, Sherwood or whoever goes there, four, two. And it's like, ugh. And we knew we had a decent steer. But then we're four, one. And it's just like, couldn't believe Like, this is... Storybook. Yeah, this is, this is just what... It, I mean, we've been thinking this the whole time leading up to it. It plays out like this. And then here we are, last round happens. It's like, man, we think we won it. So we're up in the tent. And we're kind of high five. We're like, man, we can't. Everybody's trying to figure it out. And we're like, man, we, th- I think we did. I don't know who won it. So we start running back down the alley. And right as we're, it was me and and Driggers and Moats was with us. And uh, so I can't even remember who else it was. Somebody else was was with us. And I remember we get right down to the door, and the door flies open. And this guy's like, oh, good, there he is. Where's Chad Masters at? And I knew right then what he, what, what he was getting at. And I stopped, and I'm like. I was like, no way, dude. I said, no. And Driggers looks at me. He's like, good job, man. Pats me on the back. And I was like, I said, bullshit. I said, not happening. And I turned around. like with. I said, I'm, I said, no, I ain't doing it. Right. And that guy was grabbing me. He's like, no, you, we need you right now, right now. And Moats and Driggers are both got a hold of me. And they're like, Just, you got to go. You got to go. I said, no, I ain't going. I said, I, I don't want it. I ain't going. And they're like pushing me through the door, literally pushing me through the door. And I'm like, at the time, I'm just like thinking both ways, don't know what to do and go with this guy. And it was kind of weird. I was like, almost, it didn't ruin, it ruined it a little bit, but didn't ruin it. I didn't want to let it ruin it, I guess is what I'm saying. Because I'm like, 
I can't be like that. You know what I mean? This is literally waited my whole life for this. Right. And now here it is and I don't want it. Like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like I felt like an <laughs> idiot. So you want to talk about your all time roller coaster that night was like, well, it's, you know, in a team, especially, I mean, I've probably, I, no, I've never experienced it to any sort of level like that. But what I've experienced is you, the teamwork that goes into it, it's all year and you're talking all the time and you, you may or may not practice with your partner a lot, but most of the time, you know, you guys are out there bleeding together. Yeah. And well, and that we buddied with Chad and Champ that year. Jeez. So we were, those, those four guys were right. together at every rodeo. We seen the other one go and letting each other ride each other's horses. Cause Champ was, he rode caveman at that summer quite a bit before he ended up getting LB. Well, he got the other one from Williams to snip caveman's brother. Right. I, uh, they sent him to me during Nampa and, uh, ended up letting champ kind of take him. He ended up buying him and then he got LB at Omaha, but in between he rode caveman some road snip some before he bought him and we just it just felt like all four like we were just i mean i'm thinking at the time i already had roped with chad and clay cooper is my hero and i'm just like man this is the greatest this is what i thought rodeo would be like right growing up like this is the coolest thing who would have ever thought i get to buddy with champ you know what i mean right and just driving with him just listening i mean he told the stories and just like this guy's an actual guy he's not a you know he's, he doesn't walk with a sheep and wear a robe like he's he's actually a dude yeah he's he's real yeah he's a person so this is this is awesome you know i mean i want to know i'm like a little kid asking him a thousand questions a day and uh and then but people don't get to see that you know what i mean like they just see what everybody else at home sees you see the standing see the pictures in whatever magazine but you don't know what's going on you know you don't know the bad times and who's who's not catching who's missing who's you know what i mean who's just wearing themselves out trying to figure out their problem and then show up at the finals and both do good. And then $1,100 separation between those two teams. It's just like, I either wanted all of us to win it or none of us to win it Right. when it was over. You know what I mean? Like just well, let us all four go out there or somebody else go. I've been thinking about this and you can tell me your opinion. Um, I don't, I don't, I've just been thinking about it pretty hard. Cause, uh, I saw it this year in the calf open. Um, Haven won the world, right? And into the going into the last round, it was so tight. And then there was two or three calf ropers. I mean, I think Tyson Durfee, Tough Cooper, and I don't know Shane, but I, I think Tyson for sure, and I think Tough. I'm not positive, but these guys killed them all year long, and the last few weeks just went home. Yeah. If they stay out there in rodeo, they're the world champ. And you tell me the first thing that you said is we're rodeoing all year. Yeah start finish well i think that just goes into doing all you can do well you know i mean if you if you pull up and you're like man i'm just gonna i'm gonna go home and take a break or whatever well and haven does that so hey hats off to this guy you know what i mean like you yeah. can you can try it that way but to me like if it's me and you don't win it you can't be really that mad at someone else you know what i mean like you, you, that's another one of those things. Like when I was talking about, like, be okay with the, with the outcome. Yeah. Like if this is how you want to try it and you don't win it, well, you could have went to 10 more rodeos and who knows what would happen then. You well, know what I mean? A couple so, thousand more. Yeah. You can't be mad at the guy that goes to all of them and, and yeah, ends he, up ahead of you. Well then yeah, that's off to you. you. Yeah. He won. Well, and I think that's, so it goes to these decisions that you make. If you go home 
It's got to be because it makes sense because you can justify it. It might be, I mean, Tyson might have went home because he only had one horse. I don't, I, I don't know how many right. he had or anything, but you know, he's like, hey, I, I want my horse ready for the finals. I could go put together these other horses and I can manage it. Well, that makes sense because right. that's probably why he had a good finals. But if he knows in his heart that he's like, man, if I would have finished the year, I'd have probably won the world. Now he's got to live with that, yeah. and he doesn't have to say it. And and I think that's. Yeah, but deep down, you see, like to me, you can tell the guys that that happens to, because because of the next year, right? Like when they look like the soccer dad out there trying too hard the next year, you can tell that's not from just this year. This Something's bothering new. this guy. This from, is new. Yeah, this is this is a fire that got lit that's already burning, and now it's a wildfire spreading everywhere that he's running from. You know, what I mean, to not let happen again, and that that's kind of. I mean, I don't know if that's the way to look at things or not, but I just feel like because you can see it at certain times of the year, like they get interviewed or something and some of the stuff they say it's like this his guy's not talking about this rodeo or yeah. the, he's not talking about today he's talking about six months ago that's he, he's, he's trying to stop now yeah yeah he's got something else on his yeah. mind and 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 it's good if you can use it in a positive way yeah. in a way that wins but that's uh, that was just something i i've thought about because i've you know i've always tried to manage my money and I, and if, you know for me i i learned it uh, one year i roped with uh, logan medlin and after the fourth of july we hadn't won much and i was like man what if we just kind of circuit rodeoed and went to a few more and just tried to put some money together and then would be ready to go? And that, that was my mindset. And he's like, well, let's just do, let's just do something different. And, and so we finished out till the 24th and the week of the 24th, we won 17,000 the last yeah. week. We, we hadn't won 17,000 all year. Yeah. And he went on to almost make the finals that year. And I'm sitting at home circuit rodeoing, and I'm like, man, and, that, and that's when I really, and I realized it, I was like, you know, it just because it's, good or bad you know you've got to be able to stay to finish it up yeah well and, I, th I think the perfect example is that is Begay a couple years ago because when he made it with Petska they had a chance to win the world he was entered with that was a year I didn't rodeo and he entered with me at Reno right I grew up with him at the BFI in Reno because we both weren't going anywhere right and he doesn't even get to go to like uh Deadwood or I don't know if it was Deadwood there was one of those weeks kind of important in there maybe the Dodge City week that he didn't even get to go to because he didn't enter like he was going with Pesco over the fourth to rodeo with him a little bit. Well, they start winning everywhere. Yeah. They well, can't, now they he's lose. not entered at the the certain week because he had to enter so far ahead of time. Wasn't even planning on it. So not only did he start at Reno, has to skip one week of important rodeos, and starts back up again like Kennewick time or something, and still makes it. Almost wins the world. Yeah. Or wins fourth in the world. And I, I just think that's a perfect example. Like I've had years like that too, where we, like we've done terrible from parts of the summer and then get to the Northwest and win 35, 40 grand. Like you just have to, but you never know when it's coming. You might have a great winter, might have a terrible winter, but you, you can't just base it off of that. That's just the first quarter, right? The whole game takes four. Absolutely. Four you, you quarters. Know what I mean? yeah. How many times do you see guys come back? Well, just like the couple years ago, Super Bowl, uh, Tom Brady, they're Tom down Brady. by whatever they're down, come back at the end. And that was ridiculous. Yeah. Somebody, somebody might, but that's how it happens. Somebody's like, Oh man, we got it. We got them beat. Well, the, that's where you, that's where you strike, man. The second someone, and you don't even have to know what happens as long as that's why I like just worrying about what you're doing. If you're just going all the time, you'll see who lets up because you'll go by. Right. You know I mean? You can't be looking for the, oh man, if these guys would just go home for a week, we'd have a chance. Why do you, you you're already done then. Yep. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, you'll, you pass people on the road that are going slower than you all the time and don't even think about it. Never see them again. Never seen him before that day. Never seen him again. You just drive by him in the left lane. So you'll know who's slowed up. But 
that still doesn't matter other than just not hitting them on the way by. You just know that that happened and you keep going. Four quarters. Yep. They finished the whole, and Al Bach told me that a long time ago. And, that, and it's just, you know, like you'll hear some things that never, they never leave you because I was kind of that way too. Like I, the, when I first started rodeo and like, I, I always looked at the standings, like if I'm in the top 15 right now, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't end in April. So who cares? I could be 50th right now. And it, it literally makes no difference whatsoever. The only day you need to be 15th or better is October 1st. And the only day you have to be number one is December 15th. You I, don't, you don't have to be in the lead one day other than the one day and you're the champ. That's all you got to be. So just that last, until then, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a great way to look at it. And I, that's how, how I've tried to look at rodeo and is like, understand, Hey, you're not halfway through the season till I mean, was it after Cheyenne or something like that? Yeah, close to it for sure. That's, that's about halfway through the year. So, and, and I heard it one time from Cody, I think it was Cody all that it was at Caldwell maybe. And it was a year that he was kind of hurt and coming back and he ties it was first calf back and he ties him down, wins the round at Caldwell and comes back up and says, Hey, it's fourth quarter Yeah, and in front of everybody, just lets them all know like, Hey, well, see, that's, what's awesome to me about that guy is that's, that's just like the doing it, how you want to do it. I think he was so good that he had to do it like that for it to be any fun. Yeah, I mean, I mean that guy would he if he rode it all year, he wouldn't have done as good. I don't. Th- I mean, he wanted which, I, and I I respect that stuff. Like if you, if it's not fun for you to do it, just see. If, I want to see if I can do it in twenty rodeos. Right. And if he didn't make it, well, then he knew what the chances were when he started, so it's okay. But if he does, then yeah, how I mean, cool is that? You know, what I mean, like just personal goals yeah. or accomplishments is all that really matters. So try it on if you want. Well, I think. At the end of the day, you've got to be able to justify it to yourself yeah. and make sure that you're happy because it's there's guys like Jojo Lamont. He, I mean, I think he made the finals going to 30 rodeos one year with Petska. Yeah, he didn't go to many. And um, that guy, he's lit him up rodeoing, but he also doesn't enjoy to rodeo that much. Right. When he does, he when he's out there, sometimes he likes it, sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. But when he's at home with his family, he's very happy. So that's what he's doing. Yeah. Kyle Lockett, you know, those guys like that. And and I think those guys, they're, they're the ones to really pay attention to because they know, like, hey, when I hit that spot, they kind of know how to... They know how to get through. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they, don't, they don't tear themselves apart going, like, forcing them to do something that they hate right. just because they, they are good at it. Well, and that's what I thought was so cool about uh, Begay's deal a couple of years ago was because that was the hype. I mean, there wasn't one person that ropes that wasn't talking about... Hey, they're fixing, they're winning everywhere. Right. He never let that get into his head of like, Hey, I'm, I have a chance now all of a sudden. So now he's going to get serious about it. He just kept going. Oh, I know. I just, and then he has to skip a week. Didn't let that bother him either. I mean, had that been me when I was younger, I would be like, we can't skip this week. Like yeah. we, we have to go this week. Okay. And champ did that a couple the, uh, I can't remember what year it was. I think it was a year he ended up rubbing with Cinegini at the finals. And I think, and I, he will never admit it. I don't think, but I swear champ does stuff to mess with people. <laughs> it just, you know what I mean? Like, I know he does. I don't care what he says. I know he does. So he's like 15th in the world come the week of like uh, Caldwell, all that. He just goes home for those two weeks. He's 15th needing to win. I'll see you guys at San Juan. Right. Goes to San Juan, wins San Juan. Hasn't been the week and a half, two weeks before that when he's needing to win, needing to go. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to pull up and go home. And I'm even at the time, I'm like, dude, you can't do that. Yeah. Like, I'm nervous now, and it has nothing to do with me. What are you talking about? Just, that's what he wanted to do. Go home, play golf, let his horse rest, wins San Juan, first one back, 
makes NFR wins third in the world or whatever he won that year. It's like, that's just a, and that, that's something that I, like, I envy that amount of just, and it's not even a bad, it's not a cocky, it's just a, it's a real thing. It's, this is the reality of it is he's okay with it. He knows what he can do and he's okay with not like he, I've learned so much from him. Cause I think back when he was younger and this is what I think is funny too, is like when we were growing up, like everybody just like, we just know the champ that we see now. Right. Like he's just the all American man. You know what I mean? Don't even think about what about the 18 year old champ? What was he doing? Right. Or what did he think about? Surely he had trouble, you know what I mean? And did whatever. And well, we don't even think about that. don't even know that now. And so I try to pay attention. Like he, he will text me sometimes out of the blue. Haven't even been talking to him and he'll send me a text. That's exactly what I was needing to hear or like couldn't figure out. And he just out of the blue, it's just like, right. And he's told me this before a few times. He'll be like, He's like, I'm just watching me through you is what he would tell me. And it's because <laughs> every time I'd be doing something, I'd say like, man, is it, do you think this, or does, does it look like this? And he'd just do that little nod. He does wouldn't say yeah. nothing. And I'm like, I know, you know, I just, please tell me. And he'd just be like, you got it. I'm just watching you. And I'm like, you're no help whatsoever. Like that. Thanks for the help. But he helped me more than I even realized at the time by not saying anything. Like if he didn't, if I didn't need him to say anything, he wouldn't say anything. And I thought he did but he didn't and didn't see it till after, but I had to figure it out on my own. And so that's, you know I mean? Like we were talking about earlier, like he, he was so good about like, he's okay with what he's doing. He's okay with the outcome. And he's realized what I've finally realized about winning means nothing. Right. You know I mean? He, he, he wins what he wins and does what he does because he's just, he's literally, he golfs and ropes and, He's a happy guy. He's the happiest guy. Yeah. Happy as he can be. And it's like, well, who, how can you not want that in life? You know what I mean? Seven gold buckles. We all think like, gosh, dang, this guy's this. He's just champ. Where's his Pendleton buckle? Right. Cause that's the buckle he wants to wear. You yeah. know what I mean? Like where's the Pendleton buckle? Yeah. <clears throat> and I've thought the same thing before. I'm like, man, if I ever got an NFR jacket, I don't care if it's 150 degrees outside. That baby will be wore off. The sleeves will be wore off it. Hardly even worn one. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to tell you, if I got an NFR jacket, I'm probably wearing it to the beach. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've, I said the same thing. I said, I can't wait to go to Sykeston and wear it because I'll, I'll be the guy that have it on. You'll be able to find me in the parking lot. Right. But it, and it's kind of a cool, it's almost like, because I've, I've always been, I feel like I've always been, I'm not just like a real confident person, like kind of a little standoffish, like right. humble, I would think. And every time something like that happens, it's like even it's almost it's not like a, a little bit like an embarrassing feeling if somebody says anything about it like oh this guy's a world champion like that you want to make me uncomfortable just say that in front of somebody yeah here's here's yeah, here's yeah. look at this guy here he's a world champ i'm like Ugh. like yeah i'm gonna punch you in the face now dude you know what i mean like don't say that because it, it's not like it's i'm not i'm just i mean if anybody if i can win it anybody can win it you right. know what i mean like i i'm just normal dude as you can be but it's those things like that. It's like when those things happen, it's like such a, I think it builds that the, the reason I'm proud of it is because it's built me into who I should have been anyway and who I would have ended up wanting to be by it happening. That's what, that's what made me into this person is it happening. So that's why I'm as grateful for it all as I am is because of that. Like, I, I don't care if anybody knows anything I've done, but it doing some of it has turned me into what I do want them to know I am, you know? Well, and I think that's where 
we got to realize is when we're 18 to 24 or 5 years old, we're still so young. Yeah. And our brains are not fully developed until I don't know what age. I don't think mine is, and I'm 30 or 31 or whatever yeah. I am. And uh, you're like, man, so we're going to make mistakes and we're going to have these things. But I also think that that's the the beauty of life is yeah. to be able to learn. It's the adventure, yeah. Yeah, like to learn. Like, hey, I was, you know, I, I effed up bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, and, and then being able to admit that is another thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't want to, like they can't even admit it to themselves. You know what I mean? And, and to me, if it's stuff like that, if you can be honest, like being honest about it, that's what sets you free, man. Yeah. I, I totally, I totally agree because it's like only in the last couple of years have I got to wear my roping. I finally do not care what anyone thinks. Right. And then, and that's an accomplishment in itself. Yeah. Like for real, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's hard to do. It's, it's not something you, I mean, I can, you gotta sometimes consciously be aware of it. Yeah. Like, Hey, you know, if, whatever you're practicing or you want to make it sharp. But then when I like go compete and I realize that I miss, like I can have something. I, I blew my spoke at the WCRA rodeo the other day and I was very upset, but I don't care. You right. know what I mean? I'm like, uh, I, just, I mean, yeah. I'm like, how often does that happen? Well, to me, it happens a couple of times a year, I guess. And, but <laughs> yeah, right but when you, what, or what's always made me be able to get past it is most of the time when you ride into the parking lot, how many times do you ask, what did you do? Nobody even sees it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, we, when it happens to us, we think everybody's seen it on TV, in person, in the magazine. They took a picture of it and put it in there. The president sees it. This is what I'm pegged as now is the spoke guy all of a sudden. Right. When really, yeah. who, everybody might not even have seen I've seen, it. Yeah, I've seen <clears throat> all those guys and um, at the next rodeo or whatever, and no one really says one thing about it. And it's something that, like, it, it almost, you want to, like, have it eat away at you. Yeah. You're like, man... It doesn't matter. Like I, I, I know why I did it. I had a steer that would outrun the team before, yeah. and I blew the barrier out. And I was trying to get a swing off fast because right. I knew that I was probably not going to have a chance on the steer. Well, see, that's. I think I did that. I used to do that really bad. Is every time I ran a steer, I thought I had a hundred percent chance to do good on this steer. Right. So if I did a ten percent job, well, I'm ninety percent away from where I want to be. Not the case. Yeah. You draw the runner. You're going for the second round. Well, you're already at at least fifty percent of doing good. So if you do what you can do, get it to, you had a 30% chance to win on that steer and didn't, well, you only had a 30% chance. Right. You flip a coin for a 30% chance. It's like, eh, yeah. I hope I win, but it could not very easily too. So I think that's something that people got to, which I mean, it all takes the time of just getting older to do it. Yeah. But you can do it faster by letting it all fall into place. But I was terrible at that one. Like I would eat 90% of the blame when I only had a 30% chance and didn't even know it. So do you think practicing, because I, I think this is, man, to run that many steers is, is crazy. And, and I'm sure that you get it all the time with younger guys like, hey, uh, I'm working at it. And they're like, they got three or four heel horses or maybe five or six or maybe some of them have eight. They're like, you know, I'm running 30, 40 a day. Do you think that that a lot of the younger guys actually work at it? Well, I think that I run 30 or 40 a day now, and I think I don't work at it, if that makes sense, yep. or if that's a better way to, because I, I, cause I, I sh just because of everybody's like opportunities or uh, abilities or whatever the case may be, could be different. I would say, I mean, 
I want to say, no, that's that a lot of people don't work at it. Like they think they, but, but the reason I want to say that they might be is because they might just not even know, you know what I mean? They might think that is working at it. Right. Cause I've never seen anything. Different. Not even knowing. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even, you don't know what you haven't seen. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I was the same way when I came to Texas, I mean, it was too. the first time I rodeoed was the first time I'd ever been in Texas for any amount of time over than staying the night on the way to the U S finals had a three horse living quarters trailer. So I've got three and it's the three I'm planning on riding. Right. Don't know any different. So I had no clue what's working at it. You know what I mean? Get down here, start seeing some stuff. I go watch out Bach practice. He has the lady Braun that works for him. She's laying on top of the tack shed videoing. <laughs> He's got someone waiting on the four wheeler just in case he needs him to pull a dummy. And there's 15 steers at the back end of the arena with head ropes dragging on them because Joel's got to let his rope go, come right back and turn him another one. Right. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, this, my practice doesn't look like this. Yeah. And, and everyone else ropes when he's done roping, like, unless you're a header, he's, he's roping. And when he's done, you can have at it, but this is what's going on. I mean, there's a, this is a, yeah, this is a job that's going on right now. Like there's. They're in session here right now. You've got to be quiet. Stand over here. Yes. And he didn't ever make anybody or like make me feel like that. But like, that's how I felt. I'm like, whoa, sorry. Like didn't mean to interrupt. And well, that was my first taste of like, no wonder this is, and this was Al Bach in 2006, which he wins the world in 2006, but it wasn't the last time he made it was 08. So, I mean, so this is 28 NFRs deep. Al Bach yeah. is still doing this. And that's what I think about all the time. Like the, when champ won the world, this is, this is why I keep my head down. This is why, this is the advice I give people when they ask me, uh, what do I need to do to get where you're at? I say, well, Clay Cooper, the, when he won his third world championship was the year that I was born. So I got a long way to go. Right. The day that he quits, I've got 27 years of making up to do just to catch up to where he's at today. Right. So I better just keep going before I even worry about it. Lifetime healer. Exactly. Yeah, I've actually, I have a, I have a video of, I'm three years old, maybe, or two. I'm not, I have a pig and stringer up. I'm trying to rub my cowboy toy in the living room and Jake and Clay's winning edge tapes playing in the TV in the background. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I can talk a little bit and swing my rope and I had a pig and string to throw at the cowboy toy and he's already making an instructional tape. And then I beat him by 1100 for my first title. So that's, that's as impressive as it gets to me. Like when I think about that, that he, at that point was already who he was. And that's the stuff you don't think, like, I don't think about when I, when I win it, that was his, the third titles year I was born. So the year I win my third title, there's a one-year-old somewhere that if I go long enough, I'm going to have to worry about one day. You know I mean? You don't even think about that at the time. Yeah. So when I think about him doing that, I just think, man, I've got, I'm a rookie or less as far as what I know about healing. You know what I mean? So whatever he's doing, I need to do so much more than that. If I want to even just stay at par, I think, you know, absolutely. Well, and, and I mean, I, I look at it the same way. Like I'm, I'm over here. I got four head horses and they all happen to be good. I, and then I don't have any practice horses. And I'm like, how do I, how do you compete with right. Luke Brown? How do you compete with these guys? And I think that's that's the thing is a lot of younger guys probably don't don't understand this yet, and a lot of people don't understand this is like 
just because you've got the one or two good horses or the whatever it is, you know, you, the practice and the longevity is what makes guys special. Yeah. Well, then you get, yeah, you get to the, the guys with the, that already have the experience of all that. Right. How are you going to beat them? Yeah. You know what I mean? And cause I, cause I do think there is only as far as like the, the amount of steers we rope, there comes a point where we know what to do roping. Like, I don't, if there is anything left to think of roping, I don't even want to think about it at this point. Like, I don't care. You right. know what I mean? Right. So you can, you can work yourself into problems like trying to find something else, I think at a certain level or a certain point, but until you get there, I think you got to do it. Like I, I wanted to do it cause I wanted to get as fast as I could. I, I didn't want it to take forever. I didn't want to be 40 if I ever did get to the point I wanted to be at. Right. So now like to me, I, I'm to the point where like, I don't like riding just junk because I think you get to the point where that can hurt you. Like I like riding something decent at least. And I just go off of how I feel. Like if I'm feeling good, cause like in the summertime you don't get to rope that much. So if you rope good all summer, say like you kind of learn how to, what you feel like and what you do when you're doing good. And if there's days where if I think I need to run 50, I'll run 50 or more or a hundred. And if there's days where I don't even think I feel good, don't want to rope that day, then I don't. And I never used to be able to do it. Like, like I thought I had to rope every day, but now I've, I've learned to kind of like, I just balance it kind of just off of how I feel. And if everything's feeling good, like I ride my horses and stuff, at least usually keep them in shape or rope the dummy with my kid or turning some steers and stuff. But I don't rope every day for myself anymore, but I would, if I thought I needed to, but I just think there's a balance. It's like a new balance I've learned and a new work ethic to keep myself where I want to be rather than, because I think I could still go down if I did the other way. You know I mean? You can't reinvent the wheel, I guess is what you hear everybody say, but the young guys need to, they need to rip a lot. Well, and I think so too. I think that there's, there's this amount of muscle memory that you must have. And just like you said, you, you, you said it kind of casually, but I think a great healer has to be able to go fast and catch. Yeah. Like I, I think what makes a healer or a header special now is put a gun to their head and put them in a situation where they got to blast one, yeah, choose now, catch one, whatever it is, and they're going to do it. Yeah. Well, see, and that's what, that's what I tell everybody all the time. And they ask me like for whatever kind of advice, I don't expect a good handle ever. Right. Like I expect worst case scenario every time because I mean, you take these guys now, what they're doing, they're riding the most powerful head horses in the world trying to nail the barrier, turn the steer as fast as they can. What do you expect is going to happen? I mean, yeah, they're trying to do as good as they can, but if they're going to turn the steer fast enough when their head loop hits, it's not going to be perfect. Right. Hardly ever. And if it is, I've got that one for sure. We've all got that one. Most everyone gets him. That's why, that's where some people get a false sense of healing ability is because they happen to get one of those and they nail him. And they're like, oh man, do you see that? Yeah, I have like that. everybody, my, my wife's got that one. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the ones that hit borderline hit on their belly, one foot going that way, tail straight back, right leg that way. And you wheel him and get tight for the day money. That's the ones you got to catch. That's right. where you separate. Right. So you, they've got to, they got to understand that just because something's going a certain way, that doesn't necessarily mean like, Hey, I, I got this figured out. I don't need to, like, I, I'm good where I'm doing right now. Like you're not right. I, I, man, I totally agree with you. And even at jackpotting in like the thirteens or sometimes I maybe in the fifteens on down, 
I think if you look at a jackpot, you could realistically say you're going to draw two pretty good steers, and then there's going to be one or two tough steers to row yeah. for the team. Yeah. And that's usually the team that's going to win. You might draw all bad steers, but if you get by, just catch that one or two bad steers, and then you the easy ones are easy. Yeah. You're going to win something. Yeah. And that's when I noticed... Uh, when I like, I can see horses that are special or ropers that are special are guys that aren't committing or a horse that doesn't commit to a shot or they make a steer that wasn't supposed to win anything. Yeah. Win something. That's when it's, I mean, that's to me, like, that's what I like watching. Yep. Like when you see a run like that and like, you know what you just saw, it's like, wow. Yeah. Like that was not supposed to happen. And that was, that was badass. You know, like you can't, you can't help but respect stuff like that. And that then when those guys end up winning the jackpot on five head and you realize that was the first one of the day, say, like not only did they get by and do that on the first one, but then they caught four more after that. It's like, well, okay, you win today. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm get not saying it. good job, but you already know good job, but I'm telling you too, good job. Yeah, just in case it, you didn't know it was a yeah. really, really good job. Yeah. And um, I'm not a guy, I don't mind. I, I tell people that if somebody does a good job, I'm all for it. Like, Hey man, that was a great job. Cause I know from personal experience, sometimes you don't like, you don't even realize or don't think it at the time. Sometimes it's, and I never used to like it, but I think it's good now, especially if you're a young guy, sometimes it's good to hear somebody that you look up to come up to you on their own and be like, Hey man, you're, that was a really good job. Like just don't let them know they're going in the right direction at least because of the thought processes they could get hey, into I'll, our heads. You know, I'll tell you this. I think it means more than maybe what you'll even ever know um i remember my rookie year i've never seen reno rodeo live right. i'm third out in the slack don't don't get to watch it the day before i mean this is my first experience at reno i go nod my head leave too early steer was great somehow blow the barrier out steers right there a couple coils away and we're like five one or five two and I just ride out of the arena, and I don't really know. We're up, we're up in one of the very first sets. And I come back, and Chad Masters is like, hey, that was a great job. And just tells, like, gives me a really just genuine compliment. Right. And now, looking back, that was probably the best year I've ever spun at Reno, you know. And it was the, the most I've ever won there. Right. And, uh, well, it kind of almost like snaps you out of whatever. Yeah. Like you're... Like, I didn't even know I did. I didn't even think I was going to win anything or did a good job right. until I watched... 20 more runs. I was like, Oh, this, this actually has a chance to win something the yeah. first round. And that's when it's fun. I mean, honestly, like as, as fun as it is to do whatever, like if I could go back and start over again, I think I would. Right. Just to start the journey. I want to try I mean, the, cause the first times of doing stuff like that, like it's, there's nothing better than that. Oh, it's I mean, your first big win at a, any, at a rodeo or like the first big jackpot win, like there, it's nothing, nothing compares to those things, man. Just the just the personal accomplishment of like, man, I I did what I was wanting to do. Don't even care if anyone else knows, but the feeling that it gives you just because you know what you do or what yeah. you think about when you think about it. Because because in our sport, what I think is hard is that as soon as the NFR is over, just show me again. Yeah, I mean, you're it, back to AAA or or less high school ball. Got to make it again. Yeah, you got to go right through means, the grinder. Yeah, when they, people like, worry about titles and stuff. Three world titles. I don't rodeo for a year. Don't get into San Antonio. All of a sudden, you're not. You don't get to go. You're not in the top fifty. You don't get to go. You got to qualify again. So that's that's when stuff like that's made me realize titles are just titles. Like they're what we want to win. But 
certain days at that jackpot, like the George Strait that year. I was as good as I felt like I could do that day. And that was one of the best, like uh, somebody I've had to, or somebody asked me the other day what my uh, most memorable win was the, that day at the George Strait. Right. That That's my most, that's what set, that's what got me ahead. Like since that day, I've been ahead. Like it, that, that was my chance right then. And it was a life changing amount of money. That, that, yeah. You were 156 helping. grand that day. Right. And that's what got me. I'm still going, you yes. know what I mean? Like 11 years later, I'm still going, but that was the breaking point for me in my career of like need. I mean, obviously still need to do good, but that lump sum in a day gives you way more opportunities than winning a $10,000 jackpot or absolutely $15,000 jackpot. Like that was a different type of deal. And that, that to me, like, cause that's where it was, what the deal was is I had a bunch of people messaging me. They couldn't believe I didn't say a world title was my most memorable win. Right. And that I would say that, but if you want me to tell the truth personally, that day was my biggest personal accomplishment roping wise. Well, I think that win it takes, it feels like almost the, the foot off the throat's been lifted. Yeah. Like now you can make some moves. Now you, whatever it is financially that you're wanting to do, right. you know, and, and then on top of it, I, I think that you've proven to yourself that you can, you can belong yeah. yeah, or not even belong, dominate. Cause that, that's the hardest, that's been the hardest thing for me. And I, if I go a little while and rope terrible now, still to this day, I feel I'll, there'll be times where I'm like, man, I don't even, what am I doing out here? Like I can't even hang, you know what I mean? And like what, what I think the hardest thing for us to do and what that day did for me is the worst part about rodeoing that all that set me up for. If I had to pick one thing, was three months without winning right now all of a sudden because that's what that's what happens to a lot of people we can't go x amount of days and not win anything before we win again and if you can then you're good to go right because it's like we talked earlier it's like as long as you don't queer like when you were in logan you're like man that's it's yeah. well, i'm on the fence here if i go and don't it's not good but if i stay home it's not good either right and then like you said he almost makes it well if you can do that and not do good and then still keep going, then you, that's how you end up doing good. You know what I mean? Because you can, you can do it. And I, and I honestly think that's the, that's the one thing that has to happen for everybody is there's just gotta be that one breaking point of, I can lose for three months and keep going and the rest is take care of itself. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And it's hard. It's kind of, it's hard to say that because it's like a, Cause I mean, I'm not, I, when I showed up at Matt Tyler's house in 2006, I had the rig that I had, I had a Dodge pickup, a three horse feather light, and I had $13,000 in my bank account. Right. And that's what I got. Here I am to rodeo. That was 2006. And here I am today. Yep. No, like old family money, nothing. Like I've got what I win or sell a horse, whatever comes from rodeo. Here's my, here's what I got. You got to you know figure I mean? it out. Yeah. So if I go, if I lose 13 grand the first week, I'm headed Hopefully somebody gives me fuel money. I'm headed home. Right. You know what I mean? And, but it was different at that time. Like stuff was cheaper. Fees were cheaper or whatever. Sure, but there but wasn't near the jackpot. Like now it, it drives me crazy how much we spend. Like there's times back here, we got to win the Lone Star shootout just to get our fees back for that month. You I, know what I mean? It's I like, mean, it's yeah. I, but you have to go to compete. Yeah. That's that. Like to me, that's our practice now is those jackpots. I agree. And for partners, ability wise, whatever, 
when someone needs a partner, who do we think of first? The guys we see everywhere. The guys we see all the time is who we think of. I wonder if he needs a partner. So you got to go, you know I mean? That's what I tell that to the young guys too. Like, what do I need to do? You need to not miss a jackpot. Got to go to them all. Yeah. Well, how do I get Clay trying to rope with me? You say yes. When he asks you to rope, that's yeah. how, if you're roping good enough, you'll know. Yeah. yeah. When they call you and ask you to rope, you say, yes, I'll be there. Yeah. He'll call you and you'll say, Hey, yep. And if that hasn't happened yet, you keep going to the jackpots and you keep your head down and keep roping. Man. I think that, uh, it, it's a big deal to understand that, um, how much the jackpotting has really, it's changed so much yeah. in the last four years. Even. Yeah. Like it's, it's wild. Yeah. And there's getting to be a lot of guys that what I think it, it's made it the jackpot. And there's so many of them. It's blended it into rodeoing. So it's now it's just like, one big happy family. Yeah. Like the rodeo runs and the jackpot runs are starting to look a lot alike. The yeah. only thing that changes it are the setups. Yeah. What kind of steers and score. And you yeah, put now on. you got to do it five instead of one today. Yeah. And, uh, when the guys that can do it, like they're, they're certain, I mean, even still to this day, we'll be at a jackpot and somebody might have the lead on three and what they do on the fourth one, me watching from the sideline doesn't even register. Like I'll think, well, th- did they get a leg? Well, then they'll announce their total on four and it's faster than I am on three. And it's like, damn. Yeah. Like where I want to know, like just true, honest to God question. Like what made you think, Hey, I'm going to pull the trigger now. Like, let's go at this one. Like What? And I mean, not that you need to back off, but I'm, I'm saying you don't need to break the, you don't need to do what you just did. Well, it just seemed like <clears throat> if you watch Jake Barnes head, like I, I went, he was one of my favorite guys to watch rope back, back in the day. If you were ahead in a roping by two, two seconds oh. and after the third steer of a big roping, you knocked him down and won the roping. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get a barrier leg. You're going to win the roping yep. by two seconds. And now it's like, uh. You get beat with a leg. You you know, guys can make that up in uh, great headers can make it up in one run. Yeah. And, and a lot of the headers can make it up in two. Yeah. Well, you go somewhere, if somewhere has a five second barrier or a leg in the first round. Yeah. They're clean. Yeah. You can't even, you can't even think they got a leg because they're going to, now all of a sudden you got to think they got the lead because they're going to come back and be five. They're going to beat the guys that are clean. It happens all the time. Man, I, I, it's amazing. And yep. it's really, it's what's making it fun though, because it's, uh, I, I, I'm enjoying the jackpotting side of it more than the rodeo because of how, how much catching actually happens now. Right. Cause it, it's definitely a little bit higher percentage. And just like you said, the, the one headers and I, I did a podcast with Wesley the other day and he was talking about this. He said, uh, three or four years ago, the inner once, uh, six headers at Travis Trine's place or moats. Yeah. A leg barrier always got money. Dang yeah. near every yeah, time. You could control your own destiny a little bit. Seemed like. Yeah, he said him and Chad roped ten in a row clean at the jackpots the other day and didn't win money. Yeah, and it's like thirty teamer open five steer and you're like, how can you be straight up on five and thirty teamer yeah. and not win? You win nothing. Yeah, not get one hundred and fifty back. Yeah, no, and sometimes that's why I tell people all the time they're like, you know, how is it really as tough as they say back there? I'm like, hey, there's jackpots that you've never even heard of or seen that the fifth place team roped as good a jackpot as anybody's ever roped in their life and won fifth. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some roping that like everybody think, Oh, you guys won the BFI. That was, you guys, that was a great rope. That, that might've been their worst day of the year so far. And they won that rope and there's ropings. that mean, nothing that it's like, this was, I wish they had this on video. Yeah. Like I mean, this was some high difficulty, badass team roping, like unbelievable team roping today. And nobody even knows about it. Yeah, they won just, 1100 or yeah. 1300. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
Like you guys deserve a lot more for what you just did than what you just got. It's they truly are perfecting it and it is getting so competitive top to bottom. Um, Going to managing these horses, I, I know we kind of been getting after this podcast for a minute, but I got a few more things as long as we got time. But yeah. uh, that's when I get going, I forget about time. So I'm perfect. I'm man. good if you're good. I'm, I'm great on time. So let's talk about, you know, he, I think for a healer and a, a guy that wants to rope professionally, how important it is is it to have a string of heel horses and and put together? Like, how would you tell someone to start? putting together a herd of horses, what would be your advice? I would say if, if you happen to have a good one already, you have to take care of it and you have to never not be looking for another one. And because like what I've, what you, what you see happen sometimes is like, especially how it is now, the reason I think it's harder now than it ever was is because especially heel horse wise, like you didn't even have to have a great one say back in the day, but now you have to have a great one, one and two at the Tuesday, Austin Robertson's jackpot. You got to ask him for their life. Right. If you want to win something. So it's harder to keep them sound. I mean, I, I swear I used to have zero issues with horse soundness whatsoever. And now I feel like it's, I eat breakfast and I deal with that. You know what I mean? Like it's an, it is an all day, every day thing of like, but then when you think about it as an athlete, like baseball football players in professional level playing it every day or three times a week. Like we play it, like odds are something's going to happen. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're trying to do it this hard for this many runs and this amount of time, you got to have a lot like the days of one heel horses are, they're not, they're non-existent to the, from the 13 to the, you know what I mean? Like those ropes is tougher than ever and more of them. And which I think it's a good thing for, the horse market and just the sport in general, but it's, it's hard on the mind for, I mean, the, the look is it's constant, you know, and they're, they're harder. It seems like they are harder to find the ones that are, I I think when you, if you've had a great one, it makes it harder. Right. Because it makes you hate a lot of them that are probably pretty good horses. You know what I mean? Like there's just certain ones that certain things happen and they got a chance to, they don't have to do it and they do it on their own. Like that's hard to find. It makes expectations. Exactly. Kind of tough. I've hated a lot of good ones. I think over it, you know what I mean? For no reason. Or I mean, for reasons I say, but kind of no reason because they weren't that other horse. Yeah. Just if I've been on him, he'd have done that. And yeah, well, I mean, it's like, I'm sitting there thinking I don't have to do my part. Like I could have done better probably, right. but I'm just waiting for him to do it. So it goes both ways. But I mean, there's, there's a lot of good ones. There's not a lot of great ones. So understanding that, like if you got a great one, don't ride him Tuesday. Don't ride him Tuesday. No. But you're gonna need, you're gonna need some good ones. Yeah. You're yeah. You still gotta have a good one. Or, three or four, or five or six. Or don't go. And I say, I mean, I know I just said go to every jackpot, depending on where you're at. Like if it was me today, overdoing it on something like that, I just wouldn't go. If I was 21, I'm gonna be there, either way. You know what I mean? Right. Trying to if I, if this is what I want to do, I'm gonna be there every time. But I think it's just to the point like now, I mean, I, I have a wife and two kids. I got to support. I got to win. So I'm going to ride my good one. And if I'm not going to ride my good one, I'm not going to go put my money and go even. Right. I just won't even do it that day. But it's a, I think that's what has probably changed the most to me, even over the 
how tough its stuff has gotten. The business part of just the, I mean, it's like you're a football coach. You know, I mean, you've got to manage your team and play the right guys at the right time and play the right play and just keep everybody on track and healthy and just it's a full-time job and you have to be all in to do it you can't do anything else i don't think i agree with that. you know what i mean you gotta and it's just whatever level you want to do it at but if if you want to get to the very top you got to be all in and know how to manage these horses would you suggest that learning how to be like let's say the good horses because the great ones are there there's just not that many would you suggest to a healer to learn how to to win on a on a good one like oh yeah for to, sure just try to figure that out a yeah lot? for like, sure um yeah you gotta you gotta realize your own ability's got to come into play you know what i mean it's got to come into play a lot anyway but just like all right like what clay said sometimes like you gotta have some dog in you you gotta have that right like if if even if you're on your great one if he's stumbles hangs a shoe in the corner and almost front flips but doesn't and you're hung out over the front you still got to get two feet if you can like basically you got to be i mean the secret to all of it to me is you got to be willing to do whatever you got to do do what it takes to catch two feet yeah you uh, when the money's up because that's what i think is funny about every instructional tape or like what everybody talks about like you know ride here do this do that that's all great. But if that doesn't happen, do whatever, like, even though I told you to do this, do whatever you got to do at the same time. If you got to swing backwards to get him caught, go for it. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't, don't worry about being 10 feet from the steer down the arena. If you can't be, that, that doesn't mean to just abort the run. You know what I mean? If you're 50 feet, well, you better fire it as far as you can and catch. And learn that, learn that. I, I, I love how Clay said that some dog to you because what it really does, it, it separates healers yeah. and everybody to me that's where that's where you separate right because <clears throat> you know like if i gotta catch you yeah and and i think that's uh i think it's important to understand because those guys like that like they they almost like what you talked about earlier like mentally they can focus so much better <clears throat> and even if they don't have as much horse or whatever it is they can still get to yeah, a it spot. doesn't matter to you they, like that's what i feel like it is to me like well, because you hear it all the time at the <clears throat> jackpot, something will happen. It'll be like, oh, the steer didn't start. So he broke the barrier. Well, then don't start either. Yeah. Why or, man, he ducked his head or he, he got heavy. or I mean, we can write a whole book about it. That means nothing to me. If he hangs a leg in the corner, well, when it unhangs or while it's hanging, do something about it. You know what I mean? Like, it can't even, while you're thinking that, somebody else is just roping that steer in that spot. Right. You know what I mean? So that that's where I've tried to keep myself the, like on the lifetime deal is just, I don't care what happened. I don't expect it to go good and I don't expect a good handle. I don't expect the loper. I expect the very worst possible scenario every run. So I'm ready for that. And then if it's easier than that, well, perfect. I was ready for that. Yes. Or the, 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 anything on this side of the worst case scenario is easier for me than I was ready for. Right. So that, like, that's how I try to do things like that is I just try to go to the very end of it work my way back right instead of being there man i hope we get the loper and i hope he's the easiest one of the day to catch well if you're worried about that then you're done you don't even need to run the first one you know what i mean you can so i can save you 150 and go home you yeah. know well I, I mean it just it goes to it there's enough teams enough competition that the setup has to be tough yeah you know if you make it easy yeah no we're not gonna go everybody's gonna quit going yep 
and because it's going to be so damn fast and yeah. horses are going to, everything's going to be out the window. Yeah. That'll be no fun for anybody doing yeah. it that way. What about headers? What do you think, you know, ask Clay about that, what he looks for in his partner. What do you like in a header? What do you think makes these great headers? Uh, well, one, I think the, like when me and Clay roped, which I mean, pretty much everybody I've roped with, I guess, in the last few years, especially is like, there was no doubt in my mind. Like we didn't have to talk about roping a lot or, well, I mean, we practiced together quite a bit, but some days we didn't, or sometimes we wouldn't rope for a week or two weeks, but there was never a time where I didn't know, like he's doing everything he needs to do and can do to be as good as he can be. Right. Like you, you gotta be on the same page. I think as far like one guy can't be all in and the other guy be like, man, I want to do this, but cause I got this partner, but I want to do this too or whatever. That's when it's, it's going to go bad guaranteed doing it that way. And it, to me, it almost like it feeds off the other guy. Like it makes me want to do better knowing how much he's doing. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm want to do my part and more. Cause I mean, what I think a lot of people don't think about sometimes is like him, he's got a wife and three kids. They're counting on me too, to do my job. So, and I, and I've never, I've always had a, like a respect and like every decision I make during my day affects them in a certain way. You know what I mean? Like right. when, it, when I think, or when we talk about it as like, this is our job as a whole, like every day. I mean, that, that's why I'm not going to get on one that bucks. Somebody tells me, Hey, this horse bucks. Well, I'm not going to get on him then. I'm not going to even risk getting hurt in June or April or any time. If I'm not rodeoing, yeah, let me on him. I'm going to beat this horse's ass today or before the BFI. I'm not even going to get on this horse. Right. I'm not going to go jump a dirt bike across the canal. I'm not going to do, I think about that stuff. Every move I make during the day, how, how that affects my family, my partner's family, my partner, everything we've got going, you can ruin it easy if you want to. Right. And you know, I think there's a, there's a level of respect you got to have as far as all that stuff goes, just in everyday life when they're not around you and you're not around them that you can count on this guy's not going to do something stupid today and risk my kid's life and my life and so on and so forth. So that's one. And then on the roping side of it, where I think the guys like, like say you take both clays and triggers, Eric Rogers, Chad, Luke, the guys that are winning everywhere we go. What I think is amazing. What they do the best is they nail the barrier the whole day at the jackpot. When they're tapped off, I especially, I mean, if you look at like, that's why I love the barrier clocks. They're less than 0.1. Most of, I mean, unless they can see they got the good one and make sure they might be a little bit later than that. But if they have the lead, if they're doing good, doing okay, doing whatever, first one or the short round, they nail the barrier all the time. Right. And if they break it and you look at the clock, it's usually 0.003 or, you know, it's, it's borderline getting out of the barrier. And that's what they do. That's, that's what separates them. They nail the barrier all the time. Do like, you think, uh, clay trying, is he the best scoring header of all time? He's right there. Yeah. There's, it, I mean, I, there's lots of guys that I just, I, I always feel like he well, throughout the years of rodeo. Like there was years he didn't break the barrier hardly ever. Right. You know what I mean? Last year, clay Smith, he didn't, I don't even, can't even think of two, three times. I don't, I can't even, if I had to tell you right now where he broke the barrier at, I don't know. I'm sure he did somewhere, but I couldn't just tell you off the top of my head where he broke the barrier. And that's, uh, that's an accomplishment in itself, rodeoing for as many setups as we go to the different shoots, just 
different weather, different steers everywhere you go. There's a certain amount of those guys like Driggers too. I mean, they, they never break the barrier, but it's not because they're letting the barrier drop. Right. They are nailing the barrier and not breaking it everywhere, everywhere that we go. And it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is like, and I, and I probably, I, I mean, as a header, I see it, but to score good at rodeos is amazing because yeah. a lot of the times, you know, if you rodeo on a weekend, you think, Hey, there's four rodeos this weekend. Well, two of those rodeos, you're going to be one of the very first teams out right. at worst, best case scenario, you're 10th out in a performance. So you've got nine guys to decide what you're going to see. Yeah. Well, that's, I was just fixing to say that you show up to a weird random spot, your first team out and they just nail the barrier and yeah. you win something at the rodeo. It's just like, I don't even know what I'm going to see healing. I don't have a barrier. Right. Like I panic, go early and pull and then go, you know what I mean? And you have to see it's even on a WW shoot and you just ring it out and per, uh, turn the steer for first. And I'm, all I had to do was heal and I'm panic mode in the box over there. It's like, that's pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah, I, I do. I think that the the ability to score is really special. It's an art, yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and and to get head horses to score and to score different ones is, is special. I really... Well, agree. I was just... That's the other thing I was going to say. Then you get on a plane and fly somewhere else, ride a different horse that afternoon and do it again. Yeah. Ride a different one and nail the barrier in that setup that day too. It's just like, wow. Like, that's... You're good. I'm not going to even try that on. Right. Well, and I think that's where all of this work comes into play throughout these years. And, you know, Clay talked about with more experience, you you know, you score better at different setups. And that's why you see that headers get better, maybe at an older age. But to me, like I, I got three different head horses or four. They all score different. Right. And they're bigger, smaller, just strides. Everything. I, have, I have a huge head horse. I have a pretty small, compact head horse. One turns his head to the right. One kind of likes a left rein pressure, which is odd to me, but they'll sit there and hold if I do that. But to get that chemistry with these horses and, and to do that day in and day out and know when they're going to score and not score, is it's unbelievable yeah. to watch those guys well, do that. And that the one thing I will say probably Clay Tryon does do more than anybody else is people will say, how did he get out of the barrier right there? Like he'll look like he breaks the barrier in half and at an electric eye yeah, and gets out of the barrier all the time doing it. And so he does probably do that. I've heard more people say that about him probably than anyone else is like, and I'll even watching him with his second partners or like when we roped watching with someone else go wheel towards the pin, do whatever, but still be going straight. Yeah. Not, just... not, me- not mess up his body and nail the barrier right. not break it then i head think i see daylight need to go now break it by point one something like apparently i didn't see what he saw well, you know what I mean? yeah and i think that's where so much experience and feel comes into play as a header that kind of makes them special because there's times where you know if you got to go a little extra or you know hey it's going to pull fast or yeah. You get that one steer in there that doesn't start yeah. and they might leave early, but they can still figure out how to get out. That's the other thing that like, I'd say that like Clay Smith, Driggers, Clay Tran, Chad, when you watch them go, they read the steer really good. Yeah. Like even healing, sometimes it's hard to tell. Like if one goes and then lets up, like you see it a little bit late, like, cause you're wanting to not let him or trying to keep the steer straight. Like I think he goes, so I go have to pull. They already seen it coming sometimes. Like I'll think they're behind now and then they'll get out good. Like they, so to me, that means they saw it before I saw it and I'm already looking at that. You know what I mean? Nothing to worry about. Can't break the barrier. And I see it a little bit late. They didn't. 
Right. So just the, the split second of reading the steer, like even no matter what the steer is doing in the shoot, waiting to see what happens and happen to be on go. That's a, that's a different mix right there. I think that not everybody gets. No, it's, it, I mean, and I think there's something like, it's almost a feel that can be developed, yeah. but not many guys get it. Well, like, and like you said too, like you go to a rodeo and it's a perf with 10 guys, say you're seventh out the first five or six split the gates and go and you got the the loper how do you i think we get into like you're going to think yours is probably going to run too yeah you, you know i mean just you naturally almost like have to i know they said he's decent but like these tears are running tonight right well now all of a sudden you got the best one that doesn't start as good and lopes and you don't get caught up in the everything else thinking i need to see less than i thought i was going to have to and still get out of the barrier and now you win first yep like that is a that's a, a high level of just uh, the whole process I think there and just not getting caught, being able to just do your job, like not letting anything around you affect what you're doing. That's when, that's when it's fun. Right. That's when those guys get great. Yeah. Like when I rope with, I mean, I, I think I'm going to get the steer turned every single time. Yeah. Like I've never backed in there thinking, man, we've been doing like the, the more they miss, the more ready I get. Right. Like the, the more I know it's coming. Like, I don't think, Oh, he missed. He ain't turned one for, it's usually not very long, but I never think like, oh, don't even need to be, re- no, you need to be more ready than you were last time because this ain't going to happen very many times. What do you, did you, was it Driggers maybe that, I think it was Driggers, I heard kept percentages on steers turned, like once he got out of the barrier? I don't know, maybe. I thought it was someone like that, but I'd, I'd heard like the, you know, the top end of the headers might turn 70 to 80% of the steers. Once. I, I believe some of, a couple of them do. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's a very common thing, but I know the year, uh, I don't know if it was 16 or maybe the year I didn't rodeo 18. Uh, they said Dreers spun every steer basically that summer, one of those summers or maybe both. They said he didn't like, just didn't mess up. Yeah. I, I think I witnessed that, uh, the, the era year yeah. that when they kind of come out that one yeah they come out there late and went in the lead yeah that was pretty he he was like a video game yeah was, yeah like doesn't matter if he's out there you just push the button yeah it's going on yeah he hit hit the hit stick button or something and it was it was unbelievable well and i think too like what some people don't realize like that's not luck Mm-mm. like there are certain times where it gets to the point where people want to think like man these guys are just on a roll no these guys are good yeah and these guys are great like this isn't a roll this is a you're this seeing, is this isn't good news for us is what this is like well i think you you know you're seeing something special yeah and and that's what it's i think a lot of people can get messed up when they see something like that too because they're like this is how driggers is heading yeah i need to just completely abandon what i'm doing and do this right and like he's headed great for a long time now but that year and and maybe I've just hadn't seen him as much or been up the same as him, but that was probably one of the best heading performances ever. Right. And and then I think it's like, well, this is the standard now, and and it always will go up. I think we as we wrote better and better, but I think that's where you can really get off your game is if you watch something like that and start having the expectations like right. this is what we need to do. Well, and honestly, and I hate, I mean, I hate saying this, but it's it's the truth. It's what's happened. But so you think that about that, and it is that but then he didn't win it. Right. Somebody else beat him at the end. So it's like, and I, and I, and the only reason I'm even saying that is because of, if you are that guy that's seeing that, that doesn't mean that what you're doing might not win still, you know what I mean? Or, or once the race is over, 
like, and I think that happens a lot. Like intimidation can kill a lot of people. Like you, like you just said, you think, man, this is the standard. This is what I got to do. Well then that, but that guy didn't win it. So what do you like? Well then it's like, well, what, did, what, what about the, the guy that did win it? What did he do? Or right. where did I miss something? You know what I mean? And I, that's the only reason I'm bringing that up is no, that's a great because it, I've been there myself. You see stuff like that. I mean, when junior shows up over here and is doing what he's doing, I'm just like, gosh, yeah. Like, and, and I don't, I've never been like a bitter, jealous person. Like, I think it's like, I like seeing stuff. That's great. Like if somebody can heal like that, that means I can do better. Right. Is what I think of first is like, I need to work harder. Right. Cause that's really, he's doing stuff. That's like, wow. Like that's, he's good. Yeah. And I, I like it. Like I like watching it, try to feed off it and just see, just push yourself even more. And then if that, that's the guy that doesn't win it, it's like, well, that just lets you know, Hey, this is, it's not over till it's over. Well, and, it and means- the quarter thing you've got to think about it can, if you're having a, your worst quarter during their best quarter, you got to just forget about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? As far as yourself, like what you did, just wash that one away next quarter. You know what I mean? Well, and be able to have your game plan and play to it. And right. I think that's where it really does. It boils down to there's a, our sports weird. Yeah. It, it's not like the NBA. You can make the argument that the best team in the NBA wins every year yeah. in football. That doesn't happen. I mean, the Patriots went 16-0 and one year and lost to the Giants, who like won, were 8-8 eight and eight in the season. Right. Almost didn't make the playoffs. And, and I think it's like that's the one thing that's different about rodeo is there's so many variables between the draw and yeah. the steer and who's catching and what the rodeos, you know, when you do catch and have that steer, what it pays. Right down to the timers, the flagger. Yes, to everything. the couple tents from a timer, a flagger, and it makes the difference of thousands yeah. of dollars. And so the more chances you give yourself, obviously it increases. But there's, I mean, there's a reason why world titles are, are hard to come by because yeah. a guy might just be hot for 10 days and they can come now from 15th in the world and, and win the world, Yeah. which doesn't mean they don't deserve it. It just means that it can happen. Have a good rodeo. Yeah. And, and so that's, that is what it's like yeah. you, it, it, where it comes down to. Well, and that's why I wish there was more of a, there was more emphasis on who goes in in the lead because i that that to me is a i mean and i've been on both sides of it so i feel like i can say it that's you win the regular season that's extremely good i think i'm comfortable with saying this if you win the regular season you rope the best that year right and and to me i've always like i know stuff can happen at the finals either way the times i've gone in the lead that was the times like i felt a sense of like accomplishment to myself a little bit like i was after that you know I mean? like i wanted to win the year-long contest now we get 10 bonus rounds to you know what i mean you can win more money than you can win all year which that's we know that going in so it's fine but that means it means more to me doing that than it gets credit for i guess you know what i mean winning the I, regular season i gotta agree and i and hopefully you know as rodeos get more and more coverage it'll mean more to win the regular season and i you know because i think that's the thing is the nfr is always on tv and that was right. like the one spot and hopefully with things how it's kind of looking um as soon as we're back to rodeo and, yeah. that that will that will mean more because I, I i totally agree with you yeah because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to conquer everything by the time you get there you've conquered every setup every you've weather from, every steer everything yeah, yeah. you've run them through the mud Short indoors, yeah. Cheyenne, exactly. Salinas, you've done it all. Yeah. And that to me is what we're all trying. I mean, we want to be, if we want to be known as anything, I want to know I could do it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, that's where 
I, I, I don't, I don't know why I've never really heard why it's not, but it's, I don't think it's I, I gets the credit it deserves for whoever, whoever does it. But I, I totally agree. I and I like seeing the team that goes in the lead, win it, whoever, if it's me or not me, I've, I hope those guys win it when they go in in the lead every time. Yep. I, I mean, that's the hardest thing about rodeo now. Like I, I I've even, like I was talking about, you know, there's so many guys you like to want to see win the world. It, they are hard to come by yeah. and they're, man, it is tough to win the world. Like, well, and that's why I wish the guys wouldn't, wouldn't define so much off of it yeah because it's like you said it, it doesn't mean we all, like anybody who knows you know who's the best guy right so i just like the guys who haven't i just wish that they end up knowing because like to me like everybody talks to me about the bfi they're like man does it bother you, you haven't won the bfi it might have i mean yeah it bothers me i can't win the jackpot that day but when we're all little grown up we just want to know if we're good enough to win the bfi Right. Like, man, that guy, he won the BFI. That means he's good enough to win the BFI. Well, it's the same difference as everything. So I think I'm good enough to win the BFI. So if I ever win it or not win it, it doesn't matter to me. Now, yeah. it, it would have a long time ago, used to. But now it's just, I want to win the jackpot because it pays good. And yeah, I would love to win it just to say I completed the course. But what's it going to give me, like, personal feeling wise, other than just winning the jackpot? Nothing. Well, because I, I know I'm, I think I'm good enough to do it. So that's all we're after. You know what I mean? Man, I, 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 it totally makes sense to me. Last year, I had a one of the only times. I have not had very good over there at the BFI, which I feel like I should rope good at that roping. especially that's hard to do, though. There. Yeah, it, it's hard, but I feel like that's where I'm the most comfortable is riding your horse long boxes. Right. And last year, like I, I roped good at the BFI. And, and I knew like if things go right, I could have won the BFI that day. Yeah. And, and then it, that was on a horse that we raised, and I was thinking, if you took me off that horse and put me on something I paid high dollar for whatever happened. I, I, and you gave me the BFI, I wouldn't take it. Right. I would rather have this experience on this horse than, and just, yeah. So not win it and, and yeah, got a better experience. Out of it. Yeah. I felt like I won the BFI. <laughs> right. And, and I think that that's, uh, that is, well, I don't know if that's a good thing or not for me to be where I'm at my well, open, but it's I think how it's I a good thing because that's what gets you to go higher. Yeah. If you, if you didn't think that that day, what's going to help you think you can next time. Right. You know what I mean? And, and that's where like, it's not like I've talked about the whole being truthful thing. There's a certain scenarios like that. Like it's not, that's not necessarily lying to yourself. Like if that's what happened and certain things happen that out of your control that make you not do it, but you did what you needed to do that could have made that happen. Well then that's, that is the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, that's why I was talking like, that's the hardest event of all is us team roping, calf roping, any, or whatever. It's on you. You want to go home, you can go home. If you aren't feeling good that day, don't want to practice, you don't have to. If I don't feel good today, what if my partner does and he's practicing at home? Well, I got to practice. Like just, it's not all about me. Like they're counting on you. Yeah. If I want to go, there's lots of times where I've wanted to not miss my kid's baseball game, but my partners are going to the roping. So I got to go to the roping. You know, I mean, that's where it gets hard as far as team roping goes. So if you do whatever you can do in your control and you, that's what you did that day, well, then that is what you did. Right. That's almost, it's almost like you, you can look at it like there's a winning or that's how I look at it. Right. Like winning to me is if I'm doing my job right? and I'm, and I've gotten better, you know, like, yeah. like I said, I've not roped good at that roping and maybe one other time in my life, I've got a guy through the roping pretty decently um, but the rest of the times I've kind of struggled. And so then you can kind of see the stepping stones like, Hey, right. yeah. I you learned from what you did last time yeah. wrong. 
to the next time or whatever, or how you go about it, just all kinds of things. But it's a, that's a way, that's a good thing. I think as much as we were talking about telling the truth, that is in a way that is the truth. And that's why I talk about the, just doing, uh, having it be just doing your job thing and not the winning. Right. Because there's been, I mean, there's been days where you might go somewhere and rope as good as you could rope, say it's in or twice, your first and second high call, both your healers miss. Well, you roped, that's as good as you can do that day. Yep. And then there's days where it's in or twice. You might dust the first one, barely get the other one caught in the first round rope. Terrible. It's a struggle. And you win the jackpot that day. I'm third high call rope terrible all day. And I beat you. Right. You win nothing. I win the jackpot. It's like, well, how can, how does that work? You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like I rope terrible, but I won. So do I think, oh, it's all good in the hood? No. Like I got some stuff I need to work on where you might've rope perfect and not won anything. And that's what's always made me go to that route instead of off the winning because the winning doesn't, anything can happen as far as the winning goes, but we got control over what we're doing as far as doing our job, scoring, roping, riding, all that. So that would be a win that day for you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, and I think what it does too is when we have those situations where we like, we can look at it truthfully. Like I remember how I scored at that roping and my game plan with it. And I think that's what really set it apart was I, I scored well that day. So that will be my plan this year. Right, so that means you've seen it clear. Yes. That means whatever, that's where I go to remember what you did that day or what you were thinking that made you, whatever makes you see it that way. When it's like that, I re- rewind the day and think of like, what was I doing that day that made me in that mode? And it, and it, then it recreates that yeah. process of winning and it makes you more likely to win. And yeah. I think that's where we see guys that are like, that might be like Clay Coop. He, he skips a couple of weeks. Yeah, he knows the, himself. The most pressured situation and he shows up. Like, yeah. I'm, him, in his mind, he probably will never say this, but in his mind, he won that rodeo before he got there. He, oh, won he knew Sam. he was going to make it. Yeah, that's why he went home. He yeah. wasn't worried about it. And, and, it's, and I think it goes to that same thing with you and Jackal. You know, you, you knew... The world might have been worried about it, but I, I really wasn't deep down. I wasn't worried about it. Right. They can, that's what's hard. You could let people talk you into it. Like, and I feel like that's the same way with everything where you're buying a horse or not. Like, you know, if you want to buy the horse or not, the longer you try them, you're like, you can talk yourself out of it. You're like, yeah, what about this? What about that? Well, you still know whether you do or don't deep down. If you, if you, if there was a no risk situation here, you want this horse or not, you know, if you want them or not. Yep. You know, I mean, what, whatever you do is a different story maybe sometimes, but we know. Right. And it's just the learning process of doing that sometimes. I mean, all the time it gets to a point, but the, like the, what you were just talking about, the, you just have to learn to know yourself that way when it is like, cause everybody gets into Like, I don't, I don't necessarily get nervous, but I'll get like, everybody gets the anxious anxiety of like, I want to know the outcome. Like I want to know what's going to happen yeah. today. Like I want to get there, get it done. And you have to know when it gets like that, like I know exactly how to get myself out right now, not miss, never miss the steer. Now it doesn't matter. And then work my way out of it that day. Well, it's already over. Like whenever you get those, you might get them right before you ride in the box. Well, you got to shut it off right now and know how to do it. Yep. So it's just, that's why I was going with the, like pay attention to those days because you, you just have to learn your, you got to know yourself so good that you can on and off like a light switch. Man, I think that's that's so important. Yeah, because you might not have an hour yeah. to get it right. Like you'll see guys, man, I just need some time to get settled down and get my mind right. You don't have time. That's We're it. up. Yeah. You got right. You got right now. You got to clear your mind. Yeah, and turn focus on the on switch. What you need to turn off the switch. Yeah, 
damn you got to build it you know what i mean and and i'm i've done it as bad as anybody but we all i stayed i i process of elimination myself into now i don't have to do that and that's i think you could you could get off of it or forget if you didn't think about it and focus but i know better than you know i I know not to let myself there's just like the tightrope things the wind's blowing this way so i know i can lean that way a little bit if i need to i can't lean this way though right or i'm going off so it's just a fine it's just learning the whole just the constant balance of the scale you know what i mean of doing what you need to do to keep everything afloat and i think that's the way to that's the way to that's the secret if i had to say that's to the it secret. all yeah man i i do i i couldn't agree with it anymore yeah. what about all right, I'll, I'll, I got one more, one more question. If you could give advice to, let's just say your boys or someone young that they're, they're just about ready. They're that kind of pro rodeo age and they're going to start kind of going out on their own. And if you could just kind of give them that one talk, what would it be as far as advice to, to what could be from mistakes you've made or what you think that they should do or. What would what would that talk look like? Man, I, I honestly, if I like, if I was gonna just sum it up into a piece of advice for them, I would tell them one, to, like I said, give it all you got. Try as hard as you can try, fail or succeed, give it all you got. And two, I would tell them to never think that you've worked hard enough. Because if, if you do, I think that's like we were talking about earlier, that's when you get past. Right. So do the right thing. Keep your head down and just give it all you got. And if I think that's the three things. If you do that, you can't ask for Or I would tell them, if you do those three things, I'm proud of you as I could possibly be. Right. If you win the world, never crack the top 50, but you tried as hard as you could try to do it, I'm proud of you. Well, and, and I think that's, I think it sums it up perfectly because then you can look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day. Right. And that, and that's, that's exactly why I would say that is because whether I am or not, they got to look at themselves, not me. Right. And that's where I just, it's uh, cause I, and I've go back and forth on that too, of like the, cause I think we all need advice and we all need little guidance and encouragement like a little stoppage, like, Hey, don't, don't do that. And it's just, and that's why I try to listen to people that's older than us. If they're telling us something, it's cause they've done it. Right. Like, Hey, I'm, I, I'm not telling you, you can't go through that door, but that's not the right door. Go through that door. Yeah. If they're saying something, it usually yeah, there's a has a reason. Yeah. yeah. He's not lying. Champ ain't lying to me. He's not saying step out that door. So I fall off the cliff. He's saying, Hey, I, I did fall off it. You go through that door. So he's just saving you some time. Yep. You know, I'm helping you out, throw you a bone on this one, go through that door over there. And that's where it's been fun for me. Like as I've gotten kind of on that track of, I love talking to the guys older than us. Right. I I pay more attention to that than anything in the world. And then I try to, I pass it along too. If I see something like I have guys ask me stuff all the time and I try to not say too much to where, cause you can mess someone up by saying too much. Oh yeah. I just say what I need to say if I see something hindering, see something gonna hinder other than that, I don't say much. Well, and I think this is something for people to be careful of. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, when someone asks me what, 
they like they see in their roping like what I what I would work on. A lot of times I want to tell them what I'm working on. Right. And I think that's what we see a lot. And where these older guys with all this experience, they're like, they kind of know, like, it's like, Clay, like, hey, I kind of see this or yeah. I kind of see that. I tell them everything. Yeah. When somebody asks me, man, what, I, what do you think I need to work on? Everything. Yeah. I need to work on everything. Hey. And, and man, I hate being well, the simple guy on that one. But to me, that's, that's what it is. Because we, I mean, if if Jake and Clay don't have it mastered, we don't have it mastered. Right. And that's that's something that I've kept in my mind, too, is if he's still working at it, well, I dang sure need to be working at it. You know what I mean? So why not, if we're going to be the well-rounded, complete roper, I think that's the answer for everyone, myself we're, included. We need to work on everything. We're almost uh, a student, like a lifelong student. Yeah. I yeah. believe I believe that. Yeah. Especially oh. in our world. Oh, There's no end to this fight we're in until we quit roping. Right. Until your arm falls off. Yeah. When they were done, that's when I'm done working at it. But until then, I mean, unless I, if tell someone catches every steer they run, we don't have it. You know what I mean? We can, there's, okay, it's a funny story because my kid's wanting to rope now. He's nine years old, doing pretty good. But, I mean, obviously learning and like, I don't really get on to it. All, the only thing I do, I try to keep him safe. Like, I want him to be safe. Right. Don't get hurt is what I try to work on. Like, do this, do this, you'll be okay. Well, he doesn't understand it. Like, because he's pretty good, naturally pretty good at whatever he does. So he's thinking he's re- he needs to be jackpotting. Like, because like Tyler Tryon, Nikki Northcott, like these guys, uh, Denton Parrish, like they're young kids, they're doing good, Gabe Williams. Well, why can't I jackpot? Well, lots of reasons why you can't jackpot right now. So until you run enough and do all these things. So long story short, the other day we go to North Cots and rope. I heal one. It was kind of muddy. Steer's legs were kind of muddy. The second I heal the steer, the tail wraps around my Hondu. Like hit me at a worst timing I've ever had. It hit me, jerked me pretty hard, like jars me down pretty good. Chipped my front tooth. <laughs> Never happened before in my life. So that's why I told him that day. I said rope for 32 years. First time that's ever happened day. I chipped my tooth. Didn't think that was going to happen when I left that day, right. but it did. So that's why you need to rope a lot before you can go jackpot. Cause you might chip your tooth when you leave the house and you don't even know it. So be ready for anything, man. I, that's a, I think it's, it's a really great outlook too to, to instill is that be ready for it all. Yeah. I feel like that's a title. I don't know how many guys have chipped their tooth by a heel on a steer, man. I mean, it, it did, it caught me cause I've had it hanging the tail before, like your curl or whatever, and kind of like pull you a little bit like a pantyhose. Right. It wasn't even my curl. My loop went on when it hit, it like wrapped around the Hondu immediately or something. It jerked my arm so fast that it just literally jarred me. And I like my teeth chattered and chipped a piece of my front tooth off. Like your rope didn't come back and get you. You were just, no, it stayed on the steer. I ended up, it jerked it out of my hand after then, afterwards. Then, right. It didn't come, it stayed on the steer's feet, huge, drug it to the catch pin, just like as is. And it just, the you're like. Well, I was just leaned out. Like I just, like my hand just crossed over the top of my slack. And the second that I got it, I'm talking, it jerked. And it was decent sized steer. Like just the timing of when it did it, I just started to kind of sit back down and it just wham forward. And my teeth just knocked together. Just chat. Like you didn't. 
fall off nothing just shattered your teeth it. and it just chipped your tooth chipped a little piece of my tooth off yeah that's so a, that's impressive that that was a good reality check for me i was like well one that i think that's a title like yeah. uh, that's odds are i'm up there with top five guys maybe has ever had that or less i mean one percenter i yeah you're definitely an outlier on that one <laughs> yeah but i just said that's what i told him i said see every time you get into this stuff there's something that reminds you like hey yeah you do need to be ready for anything because yeah. I was not ready for that when I left the house to go practice that day. If you, if you would have told me that was going to happen, I would have said, yeah, right. Wow. And why you would have told me that would happen, I would have questioned you. What made you come up with that? But it happened. Chip my tooth. Man. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, I mean, so. I'm, I'm sure I've heard of chip tooth. If a guy gets down, you know, falls off yeah. for sure. But never. Got two feet, chip tooth. Just, just healed one. Yep. That was it. Okay, so uh, I got one more question because I, I know that I, I don't know if we should answer this one or not because you can you can tell me. But when you were talking about you'd see how many you could heal in a row, just that game you were playing. And like I said, you you cannot answer this one too because I, I wonder if it messes people up when they think the, the this is the new standard. But uh, what's the highest you ever got on Stewart's I, healed in a row? It was a, a, a I'll just say I got over two hundred once. But it was a lot, a little bit of downtime, a lot of practice time. Right. But I did get over 200 one time. 200 in a row. That's pretty impressive. And at the same time, when you're thinking, man, this is the best healer in the world, 200 in a row. I feel like I should be at 100,000 in a row by now, but I'm at, that's, that's yeah. as high. I've never got close to that really again. I've got to 100, over 100 before, never close to 200 though. Like, I think I've healed maybe like mid twenties or 30, like at a jackpot one time jackpot. And I don't even think I did it practicing again. I healed 34 in a row or something. Yeah. And I was like, and I, I thought, think that's good. I thought I was the best healer in the world. Yeah. But yeah, you'd think like, you'd think, man, I mean, no offense, but I would think it would be in the, th like a thousand. Yeah. Oh, it should be. That's why yeah, I'm not proud of that, but uh, I, honest I, answer I think would I would be, be that's but, where it's at. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and if we really look at that, even heading, I, heading might be a touch. Like I, a touch easier as far as competition catching that many in a row but man even to get in the hundreds yeah, is pretty well if you're trying to get better at anything yeah like, i don't know if that's a, that's my other my other good stat i don't know if is a good stat or not prca radios i've never been flagged out crossfire really 14 years worth never been flagged out don't know if that's a good thing or not man i tell everybody it's because i know when the light's green but i know when they're legal but i don't know if that's the case that is pretty wild. I, yeah. I I'm gonna get flagged out before it's over. I'm gonna make them. I mean, I'm gonna try it on until they call me out. But a couple of times I thought they maybe were going to, but hadn't happened yet. That is impressive. All right, Jade. Well, I'm gonna let you go. But man, I appreciate it. And hey, I, you know, I'd love to do this again. And um, you know, this has been pretty fun. Thank you for sharing everything. This yeah, was, no, I appreciate this was it. Fun, fun. Thank yeah, you. I don't get to do this much, so I was glad to get it out. Yeah, no, it's this is great, man. There's so much. I feel like this is one that I'll listen back to and take notes on and just there, there's, a, there's so much advice. And I think that's a big thing that to kind of summarize it is, you know, we're all going to mess up and have yeah. things and there's going to be mistakes made. And it's the ability to understand that, yeah. that that's really what defines us. Yeah. When you come to terms with that, that's when it gets better. Yes. As I didn't know that for a long time. Yeah. And, and, and we're going to make them in and out of the arena and every day. The goal is to get better at life. Yep. Yeah, you just roll roll along with the punches, man. That's all you can do. It's, it's the only, only choice we got. Yeah, patch it up, patch up your tooth and go on. Heal another one. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you. Yep, thank you.